Great Odin's Raven. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. This is your award-winning Gimmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 1488. This is No Agenda. Prime time purging and broadcasting live from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA region number six in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we're lamenting the loss of Wakakakatake in the today's sumo match. John C. <laughs> Hey man, do you want a mulligan? Because I took one. If you want a mulligan, it's cool. No, no. Wakatakakage is not that easy. Just rip off. <laughs> what is Wakatakakage? Wakatakage. Oh, he's the guy. Well, he's the he's, one that a lot of people guy. Pre- Yeah. He's the guy they predicted he was going to win, and he lost too many matches today. So, Yeah, they don't cover that very well. Where do you get, where do you get your Wakakaki uh, fix? Wakakakage. Wakatakakage. Where do you get it? Wakatakakage. But where do you get the Wakakakage fix? What do you watch? Uh, it's on channel 60.3. Oh, over, over the, the air. air. Nice. Nice for the Japanese community. That's interesting. Who airs it, though? What station? It's a it's Japanese. A NHK. Oh, of course. Welcome to the annual equinox. I mean, the autumnal equinox. Yeah. The first day of fall. Is that a thing? It was in the Farmer's Almanac, so I wonder, is that a thing? It was a thing, I guess, you know, uh, in the 1500s. <laughs> the autumn, autumnal equinox. Uh, and coming up, we have another very important day. Um, on What is today? It's the 22nd, so on three. Oh, on Sunday. Sunday the 25th? Today's 22nd. What, yeah. What? Oh, Sunday is a big day. If you see something, what? say something is more than a slogan. It's how we protect ourselves, our loved ones, and our communities. You play a key role by recognizing and reporting suspicious activity. It's about all of us. Why do I see, say, to protect my wife and our daughters, to make my community safer, and to empower others to do their part? Why do you see, say? September 25th is See, Say Day. Post on social media using hashtag why I see, say, and hashtag see, say, day to share your reason for reporting <laughs> suspicious activity. All right, uh, Secretary Mayorkas of Department of Homeland Security. That guy's the, got the weirdest eyes. If you notice, he's, he's like he's bugging out. They're bugging out. They're bugging out. The guy is an out. alien, and here he is. <sighs> Free CDC advice, my friend. And this, of course, does not mean Centers for Disease Control. It's the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group 4. I would say a good 12 years at least. We have been offering our services for See Something, Say Something. You've now bastardized it into something completely stupid, which doesn't work. See, say, day. When this is at your disposal. If you see something, say something. Guaranteed the children of America will be singing that all yeah, over the land. It, but then I gotta say, see, say, see, say. say, see, say. Sounds it's like, like another sumo wrestler. See, <laughs> say, hakachanga. So, so, so disappointing. Go. It's just really, really bad. Uh, okay, there's a lot of places we can start because for sure nothing is boring. Oh, there's, you haven't heard the Biden speech. <laughs> I'm sorry. There is, there are some boring bits and we will actually bore you with some of it. 
You want to say, wait, talk about it. So Biden does this thing. I didn't, I was trying to clip it, but it's just like, you know, it's just like a, a gaff fest, but it was all little ones. It didn't, it wasn't funny. And it's at the Global Fund. Okay. And so. You mean the, so Clinton, he, the Clinton Global Initiative? No, the Global Fund. This is different. This is Bill Gates's uh, who's oh. initial funder. He's yeah. the, He took a, a page out of Clinton's uh, uh, playbook mm-hmm. and started this thing with initial funding about 10 years ago. And uh, I think that Bill Gates will go down in history as the only philanthropist who actually made a profit from philanthropy. Yeah, There's no, no way. Yeah, and, yeah but not, not from the philanthropy side. He, he, he made all his bets on the, on the foundation side, but in that special little unit that there were all these questions about a year or so ago. When the, when the divorce yeah, there's was a announced, bunch, you know, there's a tax, there's a tax thing. There's a lot oh, of yeah. different reasons he's gone in this direction, but he's making he's making bank. There's no doubt about it. Plus all the you know uh, dignitaries. So they put, bring everybody up on stage. This was on was it yesterday or the day before? This is the day after the Queen's funeral. Oh, <laughs> so all these dignitaries, including Ur, uh, uh, Ursula, whatever her name, Queen Queen Ursula, name? Queen Ursula. Queen Ursula, uh, Trudeau, was a guy, J- Japanese guy, a, a, a Malaysian guy, uh, a, a, the German, head of Germany, all these people. Mm-hmm. And I think this is in New York. And they're all up there on stage, and Gates was on the f- far end. And did they join hands and sing? No, thank God. But they, <laughs> but they were all up there for a photo shoot. And so they brought them all up. Biden's up there wandering around, doesn't know where he is. They bring them all up there for. They put him in the middle. Uh, they shoot this, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. These people were just in London the day before at this funeral. They spent the day, I guess, hobnobbing with each other. And then they show up. They instead of going home and actually doing some work, mm-hmm. they go to New York for this stupid global fund, which is nothing about anything. Oh, that thing. Oh, that's oh, no, that's the thing that always does the. Isn't that global citizen? Is that what you're thinking? No, gl- no, that's another bullshit oh, deal. I'm confused. As to, this is the global no agenda show, everybody. Global, global fund. Global. That's global. all it's called. The global fund is for malaria, uh, some other two or three diseases. Okay. Uh, AIDS, tuberculosis. Yeah, AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria, something. And so, uh, so the, do these people actually do any work for their no. various countries, or are no. they just floating around like this? No. Because <laughs> it's just so. All you, I mean, do they do any work? No, I don't understand why you're confused. How, I'm f- confused. Fifteen years of the show, and you're asking me if these douche, douche knuckles if they do any work? No, no, no of course not. That's what they do. And, you know, the best best work they do is go to Paris, and then the hard part Get is, their hair is done. getting to Pierre. Yeah, just getting the cab driver to drive him. No, no. no yeah, but it was interesting, though, to also see the, uh, uh, the Glinton, Glinton, the Glinton Global Initiative. <laughs> They're all of a sudden back after hiatus since, uh, what they shut down, uh, 2016? They're trying to make a comeback? No, they are making a comeback. They are? What about the Global Fund? 
No, no, no. The, now so, we have competing operations. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I and there's a lot going on with the Clintons. All of a sudden, there's a lot of people and a lot of different things here. This is um, Clinton. Glo- nah, it's not. A, it's not like. Well, it is actually good to listen to. This is the Clinton Global Initiative from this past week. It's on. It's happening as we speak. And 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 Chelsea and Hillary and Bill they're all back in New York and the hopnobbing and everyone's in the house in the his house including Larry Fink from BlackRock. And he had, he's complaining because the Great Reset is not going fast enough for him. So he figured he'd go hang out with Bill and Hillary and see if he could make some change. But if we are going to change the world, there's just not enough money that's going to go into the emerging world. I love how he's so concerned about the emerging world. And well, uh, By the way, what, what's emerging about it? It's been there. It's not. It's emerging from what? I I would presume he he is comparing that to emerging markets when he says emerging world. But later on, it's clearly about Africa. So I don't know. It's Africa. He means Africa. So there's, there's going to be another attempt to kill everyone in Africa. Pretty much Enough money that's going to go into the emerging world. And uh, we must change the charters. Of the IMF and the World Bank, or we're, or we're not going to get there. The, change, da, da, da. The ch- change the charters of the IMF and the World Bank. <laughs> what do you mean, change the charter? Did he explain? No. No, he, he explains what he wants. There's just not. Oh, there's yes. just not enough. Change the charter. Capital. Why would anyone applaud to that? The de- well, because that we're not read in on it. Change the charter is the thing, apparently. You know, I want to remind people that in the 1970s, this Paul Ehrlich book came out. It was actually in 69, but, but it, I think it was written in 69, 68, 69. It came out in 70, uh, called The Population Bomb. Mm-hmm. And in it, if you read between the lines, it was, the whole concern was not about anything going on in the Western world. It was about Africa. And how Africa's populating so fast and it's such a big place. And it is, it's huge. People don't realize how big it is because of the, the, the way maps are drawn. But if you look on a, if you actually could do side by side, it's huge. I think it's three United mm-hmm. States. Oh, sure, in. sure. And um, it was a big concern about Africa and how they're going to overpopulate and it would overtake us all. And something has to be done. <laughs> and after hey, that, Bill, you started, hey, Bill, where are your vaccines? Boy, we got to do something about that. And it you always seemed to me, if you read between the lines and you see what happened since that book came out, there's been an attempt, literally, literally, an attempt to kill all Africans. Yeah. It hasn't come close <laughs> to working, but I'm almost convinced that this is this is still going in this is still in play they just they want to kill all, all blacks i'll say blacks well the cool thing is uh the africans are on to them so <laughs> they yeah no the africans are they, onto them. Yeah, they're, they're not stupid this is actually about changing the charter of the imf uh, so here's my spoiler of what i think this is we'll listen to the clip changing the charter of the imf and the world bank to facilitate e- the esg transition which in my mind means we need to rape Africa of all minerals we can get for batteries. Oh, yeah, they're loaded with they're loaded yeah, with goods. There you yeah. go. That's what it's about. Yeah, they are there's loaded. There's just not. There's just not enough capital 
It is estimated to decarbonize the emerging world is a trillion dollars a year. We're talking maybe a hundred billion dollars is moving into the in the emerging world, and so. Um, but but there's a, there's huge pools of capital, but that capital is just not equipped to be taking the first loss piece. And so if we're really serious about the notion of moving the world faster so our children and grandchildren can have that bright future, it has to be done in a, in a way that we're bringing all the governments together. We have to relook at the, the responsibilities and the roles of the World Bank and the IMF. And they play important roles. They have important connections with all these countries. Um, but we need to find a way to stop thinking about a project here and a project there. That's happening, but it's happening at a, such a slow rate we are not going to get there. We're, we're oh, fooling ourselves me. to think that one project, <laughs> which may be a significant project, is going to decarbonize the world at the time that we need. Decarbonize. And so we have to have... By the way, uh, stop. A whole- little symbol- symbolism there, carbon. Mm-hmm. Decarbonize. Carbon's black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, we're we're huh? fooling ourselves to think that decarbonize we- the world. You know, oh, we should launch that. You know, there's a couple of uh, dangerous things uh, in the world. One is carbon dioxide. Two is carbon. But you know what the most dangerous carbon is? Have you ever heard of this? The most dangerous carbon in the known universe: black carbon. See, that's how you want to say it. You could, you could work on it. One project, which may be a significant project, is going to decarbonize the world at the time that we need. And so we have to have uh, a holistic review. Holistic review! Of how we are going to get there. What and does that even mean? That's usually... Now, I've heard this used many times in, in businesses. When someone says, we're going to have a holistic review, that means management has already made up their mind and they're just going to let you babble for a day at an off-site. So they can then tell you what they've already decided. Holistic yeah, review, I everybody. Agree with that 100%. Offsite for the holistic review. Yeah, they always have the offsite. <laughs> and so we have to have uh, a holistic review of how we are going to get there. And obviously, we have COP26 seven coming up in in Egypt and COP twenty eight in Abu Dhabi and, and hopefully yeah, in these good places forums that we are going into. to bring this together <laughs> yes. and start really thinking about it. But it's not, it's up to the equity owners of these agencies equity owners. the G twenty uh, and they have to have a desire to doing this instead of just the words. They have to have the desire. If we can do that, the amount of capital that's going to go into the emerging world, into Africa, will be extraordinary. And and I do believe there is that opportunity in the next few years to do this. I do believe. That was the He's whole... He's one of those guys. He oh, do yeah. believe. Let's see what he does believes. The amount of capital that's going to go into the emerging world, into Africa, will be extraordinary. And, and I... Do you hear that? The amount of capital that will go into Africa will be extraordinary. We can do that. The amount of capital that's going to go into the emerging world, into Africa, will be extraordinary. And and I do believe there is that opportunity in the next few years to do this. And 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 then we will have not just a tectonic shift in the developed world, but a tectonic shift in all of the world. So here's what I think he means. First of all, we know he means emerging world Africa. We know why he wants Africa for all the stuff we need for batteries, because that's what Queen Ursula said herself. Uh, And 
So when they're talking about changing the IMF charter, that they, there's not enough money, it seems like they want to make the the IMF and the World Bank a more of a front than it already is for private capital to do this. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, why he could go in there with his money and do whatever he wants, but he doesn't want the risk. Yeah, right. You want to pass the risk off yeah. to these other yeah, guys, IMF, the IMF <laughs> and the, the World Bank. World Bank. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that made So you want to rewrite their charters so they can, instead of being cautious about some things, because mm-hmm. they actually do have to review these loans, mm-hmm. even though the long-term, you know, what they're really looking for is to take over stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, but they got to loosen it up even more. Now, contrast that, because this is where where the brain starts. This is actually starts. a good clip. This is a good clip. Listen to these total douchebags trying to uh, <laughs> yeah. talk to each other. You know, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, yeah, total. oh yes. Change the yeah, charter. Yeah, I'm looking for the holistic thing. Change That's what I'm charter. looking for. You're going to have a holistic charter. report. Um, now, on the ESG front, just since we're here and I have the clip, uh, the I guess uh, the bankers were called in to to talk to uh, the House of Representatives and ask important questions. And and so uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib, who I guess is still on remote because of COVID. I don't know. She was Zooming in. She didn't have her mask on, so I'm, I'm questioning it. And and she did, she did something very interesting here and went down the line to talk to all these douchebag bankers about ESJ. You have all committed, as you all know, uh, to transition the emissions from lending and investment activities to align with pathways to net zero in 2050. Do you know uh, what the International Energy Energy um, Agency has said is required to meet our go- global 2015 net zero targets of limiting global temperature rise to 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 1.5 degrees Celsius? So, no. Hey, 1.5 degrees Celsius. This is a new Celsius. Measure. Celsius. Celsius. I got to write yeah, that down. Yeah, she's right on top of it. Celsius. She's a scientist that's going to tell us about global warming. And I think change uh, in Celsius. I think Celsius. She's hungry. She's thinking of something else. <laughs> no, she just can't, she doesn't know what it is. Celsius. Cel- Seven degrees Fahrenheit or one point five degrees Celsius. Imagine sitting in a meeting and you're the intern. Then and she's saying, keep saying Celsius. What do you do? What do you do? Or what after, do you do? What, what do, do you, you do? do? Degrees Fahrenheit or 1.5 degrees Celsius. So no new fossil fuel production starting today. That's So that's like zero. So I would like to ask all of you and go down the list. Because again, you all have agreed to doing this. Please answer with a simple yes or no. Does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products? Mr. Diamond. Absolutely not, and that would be the road to hell for America. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, there you go. You know what? Now, so, well, she says something after this, which is important, but so now I'm thinking, because of what Diamond said, it's like, no, that would be the road to hell to America. I'm not going to do that. That was, by the way, the the way that you... When you're doing these kinds of uh, back and forths with, and you try, you got to start with someone that agrees with you, so you don't call on... You know, basically a prick like Jamie Dimon, who's going to just say what he feels like. <laughs> she was ready so for you. You want to you want to start with a bunch of yes men, y'all, y'all, yes, we are going and you go from one of those to the other to get the diamond at the end. She, she screwed it up. So I think that the so Jamie Dimon he, with 
J.P. Morgan Chase, he can invest in whatever he wants. Of course, he can. But the uh, but BlackRock is. And he's a diff- not going to be. He's not going to be intimidated by her of all people no. to sell us this woman. No, but I think BlackRock. The reason why Fink is saying we need to change the IMF charter is because you know he runs a f- you know funds that are, that can't just willy nilly do whatever they want. They have shareholders come in and say no ESG. Uh, of course, they. They have a lot of the voting stock, but there's no no ESG, you know, ESG, no investments in in uh, dirty coal and f- uh, fossil fuels. So maybe he's asking for cover from the IMF. The IMF says, ah, you know, it's okay. Or, you know, uh, you can do it through us. We'll make sure it's all ESG compliant with green uh, hydrogen. I don't think so. No? I think that guy, Fink, is pretty sincere. I think he's delusional i think he's oh, well there's that he's messianic you know he's got uh he's got issues jamie diamond's pretty you know, by comparison is down to earth although he's one of the horowitz pointed this out something i didn't know anything about this and i think diamond's one of these guys there is an island in the bermudas that is privately owned mm-hmm. and all these rich these guys the jamie diamonds and a whole bunch of other ones i think even fink have properties there and you can't even go to the island <laughs> was this is this the one where where andrew uh, was invited to go and party no, no he was never invited to the island they had they, he went to the to party at the in the bermudas for some other some event it was one, another it one wasn't of those at this fights. island this island is like super private yeah well that makes nothing but sense does, yeah. it, does it have weird temples on it <laughs> Let's finish up where Rashida Talib was clearly ready for Mr. Diamond. Absolutely not, and that would be the road to hell for America. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine, sir. You know what? Everybody that got relief from student loans has a bank account with your bank should probably re- take out their account and close their account. The fact that you're not even there to help relieve many of the folks that are in debt, extreme debt, because of student loan debt, and you're out there criticizing it. I mean, she, what? <laughs> exactly. What? She's like, you know, because you said that, you a-hole, you don't like the world. So anybody who got money from us, you know, the ones that we gave the money with the student loan debt relief, they should, if they have a bank account, they should take it out, close their account. That'll show you. That's what she's what doing. What a juvenile jerk-off she is. It was she prepared. Is, why is she? Is, yeah, that's, that's preparation. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Look at who we're talking about. How does she get elected? I mean, she is one of the, you know, her, Maisie Hirono, Mm. uh, and the two or three others are just so dumb. It's an embarrassment to the public. Yeah, they are. (laughs) I'll I'll go with that. They're, They're quite the embarrassment, for sure. Well, let's stick with this just for a moment, because, of course, uh, all of this will be great once we, uh, and we're really moving forward. The whole world is moving forward. No one, none of the people who are running the show care about if you're cold in Europe or if you can't afford your gas in America. Uh, it's all going to be a beautiful, beautiful future. Electricity, batteries. Story tonight, a fire at a PG&E Tesla-powered energy storage facility in Moss Landing. We are getting our first look at what the fire looked like when it broke out last night. Fire led to a shelter-in-place order and forced the closure of Highway 1 through Moss Landing. That order still in effect tonight. Nice. (laughs) Toxic Elon smoke. (laughs) <laughs> toxic lithium gas lithium dope yeah exactly can't lithium. be good no no 
And they're really pushing the hydrogen. The hydrogen is... I've, t- I've said this. I had a whole hydrogen report I was I know, doing for a while. I know, but I'm just saying they're still pushing it. Oh, no, they're going to push it right to the end. It's really quite incredible. Uh, where was I reading this? Did I have a clip on that? In fact, we're going to get a hydrogen station here nearby. Uh, a union station uh, in El Cerrito is going to have uh, supposedly six hydrogen pumps. I'll... Believe it when I see it. <laughs> well, uh, of course, this happened, which I think we pretty much predicted on the show, although we didn't know it would go this fast, and we didn't know that it would be uh, whose origin it would be. The government of Germany has announced it has nationalized the country's largest gas importer, Uniper. From Berlin, NPR's Rob Schmitz tells us this comes as Russia punishes European countries for supporting Ukraine. Uniper's financials have looked increasingly vulnerable as Russia has cut off gas deliveries to Germany. Germany's government will spend more than $8 billion to acquire nearly 99% of Uniper's shares. After news broke about Uniper's nationalization, company shares fell by more than 20%. Nice little nationalization. That's not hostile. That's odd. They nationalized it. What was the point? Well, the point is to control the... uh, That's what we're talking about. They need to control the price, so they're going to nationalize it, then control the price. That's where the price of the shares drop, because... Yes, of course. There goes your your upside. They're going to give the gas away. Um, A second... By the way, there's a shortage, so that's not going to help, so... A second hydrogen liquefaction plant has been uh, announced to start construction in Rotterdam. They're pretty serious about this. Yeah, this hydrogen thing. Well, the thing about hydrogen, well, I'm not, like I said, I've driven these cars. Um, Yes. I like the idea of, you know, hydrogen. You can fill a tank up pretty quickly with it. Uh, as opposed to having to sit at a charging station. If there's anyone in front of you, you're going to be there the half the day. So mm-hmm. you're driving to L.A. and you're going to stop at a Tesla or you know electric car charging station because you're running out of juice, even though you can never figure it out because the gauge doesn't make any sense. So you just can't take a chance. So you because you don't want to get you know you're screwed otherwise. Mm-hmm. So you stop at the charging station in Barstow and you get out and there's a line five cars deep. And so you got to wait, and these cars are going to take two hours to charge. You're going to be there 10 hours just to get your car charged. It's idiotic. And that's hydrogen? Why does it take so long to charge? No, no, I'm talking about electric. Oh, okay. I I prefaced it by saying hydrogen, you can stick the thing in, it it fills it up within within a minute. Right. It's a very fast fill up. So what I'm understanding the idea here is to use sun and uh, solar and wind energy to create hydrolysis to then capture that hydrogen, which seems like yeah. there's going to be a lot of waste in there. <laughs> there's a lot of, this whole thing's a fiasco. You know, they went to gasoline in the early days of the automobile because they did have electric cars, as anyone, you know, old enough can remember back in the 19 aughts. They, <laughs> like uh, 19, literally 19, 1889 even, I think. Some, like even before 1900, they were using them. So they had electric cars and then when they discovered the the energy uh, density of gasoline, that's the thing that people keep ignoring. Yes. It's extremely dense. 
with energy. The power to ra- so, weight ratio, I guess. Is what yeah, so it, yes. And so you end up with a uh, very good product to use for uh, uh, mobile purposes that you can put in a tank. And, so, uh, so, but here, here's what I'm, I'm kind of missing. So the push is electric cars, electric cars, get your EVs, charging stations, electric cars, but all at the top, Queen Ursula, um, and, 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 and I mean, it's all over Europe. Everyone's going hydrogen. They're going to green hydrogen. So, but, the, but the, uh, Tesla doesn't do hydrogen cars. Is Tesla going to switch? Yes. Is is every yes. is everybody? I don't know, man. It, but is a high so hydrogen? Well, when Toyota you, does them, as we know. Yes. We had a, we had a, right. one of our producers is a, owns one owned one of these things and got a kick out of it. And it and it, and it produces electricity to drive an electric uh, drive. No, train. no, it uses a fuel cell. Right. And the fuel cell creates electricity. Yeah, I guess. Okay. So it would be an add-on. It would be an aftermarket add-on for your Tesla. No, there's no way. <laughs> exactly. No, no one's promoting. Everyone's promoting electric cars, which are clearly not going to be the way they're going. And maybe I'm maybe I'm nuts, but I I'm going to have to. I have to review my technology for the for the hydrogen cars. I'd like to know if they use any combustion models. Well, all of this. Because the way the guy described a hydrogen car from Toyota, even though I believe I've driven a, hydro, a, a fuel cell car from Toyota, mm. I, he described it as when you really step on the gas, a bunch of water comes out the tailpipe mm-hmm. and uh, splatters the cars behind you, which is kind of funny. <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> um, and they, they talk about hydrogen being used for airplanes. Well, it, that can't be a fuel cell. No, well, I follow this very closely. All the electric plane experiments, all of the drone experiments, and there's there must be a hundred. They're futile. It's futility. Yes, yes. yes. And but here here's what they're all doing because I follow this. I read them. I look at the specs. I see, and every single one of them is a great fun device if you had a battery that made sense. And all of the material is like, wow, look what it does now. Just wait until the battery technology improves. It's coming. The battery technology hasn't improved for f- 50, 60 years. Is that your dog? Is that my dog? Yeah. You heard the dog howling? I'm going to tell her to shut up. She's yeah. just howling right. for no good reason. Oh, that's just unacceptable. The dogs run this show. We can't okay. have that. It's got to stop. <sighs> Did she? Go on. I can hear you. <laughs> okay. But I, 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 I kind of want, I kind of want to hear what you're doing to the dog, honestly. <laughs> okay, the dog got the message, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were back. I'm back. I'm okay, back. Good. I'm here. Good. 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 I just said no a couple of times. She should go downstairs. So all of this and is all of this go is poop meant, in the bed. All of this, of course, is because inflation is because of Putin's war. It's not. But let's just go along with the message. Because of Putin, uh, gas prices are soaring and energy is too expensive. It's all Putin. It's all Putin. It's all Putin. Uh, And so we are doing everything we can. And one of the things um, President Joe Biden did to bring down inflation, bring down that cost, to, to go against Putin, to go against that, was the Inflation Reduction Act. 
And they celebrated the Inflation Reduction Act on the steps of the Capitol this week. But it wasn't about inflation. No, it's about the Green New Deal. No, that's not what they were celebrating. That's what blew me away. Here's Nancy Pelosi. I'll let her yammer for a bit, and then I'll, I'll explain what you were seeing and what was happening here. We've been trying for decades to enable the secretary to negotiate for lower drug prices. This is a kitchen table issue. It is something that is of value to us, and we finally were successful in this legislation. We want to do more, but we have kicked open that door. And when we did to get lower drug prices, negotiate for lower prices, and have the $2,000 cap so important to our seniors, guess what? You can applaud that. Guess what Pharma said? Democrats are going to pay for this. Oh, really? Oh, really? Thank you for that challenge. Because we are taking our message to the American people, and we can only do it with our outside mobilization. So I thank everyone who is here for what they have done, what they will do. Now, so a couple of things about this. First of all, just as you said, I also thought the Inflation Reduction Act was a Green New Deal thing, and that's what it was well, all about. Most of it was. Yeah. Ah, I think that was a distraction. There's something about the healthcare language. Remember, she's saying, you know, Pharma said Democrats will pay for this for 15 years. Joe Biden, what was he saying? We finally beat Pharma this year. So what that all means, obviously, is they did Pharma a big favor. We're just not sure exactly what. And the reason I know this is not only is she announcing this is the announcement about the Inflation Reduction Act. The whole thing was about health care. And right there on the sign, it said, you know, she has a little lectern, Inflation Reduction Act, protectourcare.org. Protectourcare.org. Ah, so... I for and she was also kept talking about thank you Brad thank you Leslie without your work we not thank you Brad thank and I didn't clip it because she said it just before this and right after it I should have but it didn't matter because I went to protectourcare.org and was welcomed by this video to Leslie and Brad and everybody at Protect Our Care uh, I just want to say how grateful I am for. Uh, you guys fighting the good fight for so many years now, tirelessly. So I'm here as we celebrate to thank Protect Our Care, Leslie, Brad Woodhouse, and so many others uh, for making uh, the outside mobilization the force that it was to get us across the finish line. Uh, we love the work Protect Our Care does. You and Leslie do an amazingly great job. Because we couldn't have done anything, any of it, without you. We and Chuck and I can do our inside maneuvering within our own bodies but the outside mobilization is absolutely essential to our success so i'm here to salute protect our care let me give some kudos to you leslie you've been indefatigable on this issue from when i first met you in the 90s and you're one of the main reasons so many more people have health care and of course i want to take off my hat to speaker pelosi Uh, all this is a testament to the incredible grassroots movement that all of you helped to build uh, and the fact that it was still here going strong and more popular than ever uh, by the time that the Biden administration came into office so that they could build on it. uh, it, it, That would not have happened uh, had it not been uh, for Protect Our Care. So that 
That's interesting. Wow. Good one. Good catch. Well, there's more to it. Uh, so protectourcare.org you can support this fantastic organization thank you leslie and brad leslie and brad without you we wouldn't have had this uh if you donate to if you even just click on the donate button on protectourcare.org what do you think that goes to uh, one of those democrat act blue, blue yes of course act, act blue. blue who are leslie and brad well leslie is the founder and chair, served in the Obama administration as senior counselor to the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services, and as the department's global Ebola coordinator. So this is a setup for something. He was a member of the management committee at Walmart, where he led the development of initiatives in sustainability, food, and nutrition. These are, pe- these are the people who are going to kill us. These people. Women's economic empowerment, all at the Walmart Foundation. He was the global vice chairman of Edelman, Hello, the global communications firm, and served in senior roles with six U.S. presidential campaigns. Uh, he was also, he attended Yale University where he was roommates with Christopher Buckley. <laughs> Christopher huh, Buckley used to be married to my cousin. So this guy is way on the inside. Brad Woodhouse is the executive director. Uh, and his group belongs to a coalition of progressive organizations called Change America Now, which are located in the same building at uh, 1825 K Street. So that's all you know, the same as uh, protectourcare.org. Longtime Democratic strategist, previously served as president of the nation's leading progressive groups, Correct the Record, American Bridge, 21st Century, Americans United for Change. Um, these people worked with Brad is a, his a big wig worked with Clinton. So this, there's something going on with the healthcare that they're in on. And there's a lot of scamming going on. And right now, a lot of Americans are being scammed. And I'll explain that as we listen to Kareem Abdul Jean-Pierre Van Damme saying that the COVID funding needs to be passed. You see, you've, you've got to, t- I, to me, it's like we have all this protect our care and we're really going to, we're going to stick it to the healthcare industry. I guarantee you, we just haven't figured it out, but there's a lot of money going to the healthcare industry because clearly the insiders are very happy about that, but we need more. We need the funding to pass. The, pro- the president said, and he was very clear in his 60 Minutes interview, that uh, you know COVID remains a problem, and we're fighting it. And we have to continue uh, to make sure that we are fighting uh, this once-in-a-generation uh, pandemic. And so here's the thing. What he believes is we can acknowledge uh, that uh, the, the ma- massive amount of progress that we have made. Just think about where we were when this president walked into uh, this administration, where, again, a response to this once-in-a-generation pandemic was mismanaged by the last administration. Now, if you look at today, 220 million people are fully vaccinated, and now we are in a place where it is a lot more manageable, where we know what works. There are tests, there are treatment, there are vaccines, as I just laid out. So we know what works. We know the tools that are out there to fight uh, COVID. And for over six months, for over six months, Congress has been made abundantly aware 
here, as have all of you. You've heard us speak of this. You've heard from the experts. You've heard from our doctors uh, of, of our need for the funding to ensure we have access to these tools and continue to have access to these school, uh, tools. And for over six months, there have been new ex excuses for why they do not want to ensure that the U.S. remains on their on the front foot. On the front foot. Let's think about it. And Jake mentioned this about how we let's have to think be prepared about it. <laughs> for the next generation of vaccines and treatments. Yes, children. Let's think about it. We have to be prepared for the next potential pandemic, ensuring that we're leading the way when it comes to research, when it comes to development, when it comes to innovating and keeping testing readily accessible. So ultimately, if we lose these things, we have to ask them, we have to ask Republicans, why didn't they act? And so that is how we're going to continue to move forward on this. We believe this COVID funding is incredibly important for how we move into the future in fighting uh, pandemics. So I'm not quite sure exactly what they're doing here, but I, I know that there are th tens of thousands of American businesses, small business, including our friends, who went into the testing business. And what a bonanza it was. I, I mean, I, I got to say, there was a massive bonanza. There was a lot of testing. The government opened the floodgates, and it was dynamite. But then all of a sudden, they said, oh, yeah, no, we haven't passed the money, so we can only reimburse you for half of everything you uh, spent this year. <laughs> half. So... <laughs> And that means people who got the, the testing kits, you know, the materials, the travel, the, or if it was at their own place, the setting up, the laboratory, all of this stuff, that was supposed to be reimbursed by the government. And they just said, yeah, 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 well, we can pay half. And they're, and they're blaming Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so, <laughs> someone's winning and it's not those people. That's for sure. This, These scams are unbelievable, this, this, and they're so complicated. Yeah, <laughs> what happened to the good old simple scams? You know, I don't understand. It's like, why do you have to go to? Well, I, I think the, the rewards on these scams are so outrageous. Yeah, that's why they're so jealous of Bill Gates. Um, you know, he he did a simple. He did the simple simple. He just you know put his money into uh, one company and it skyrocketed in value and he became a super rich. And then he started to do, be a philanthropist <laughs> and do it in a new way that made him even richer. Yeah. But he got, he was, he's a made man. You know, they brought him into the club. Yeah, they did, but only to try to, they, they only, he's only in that. Nobody likes Bill Gates at that level. <laughs> no, they like him because he's got a lot of money. And, it, and he's like, he's not, he's like a sovereign state. He's got sovereign state wealth without all the red tape. Yeah. <laughs> he can just write a check for a billion. <laughs> so he's everybody's best friend. Um, so along with this, according to the rules is the definition of a pandemic and uh, and all these emergency powers and everything that comes with being in a pandemic. Oh, let's back up to some of your earlier points. I want to mention something. This idea that this bill was necessary to negotiate drug prices, especially for Medicare, is nonsense. Lie. It was a lie. It was a total lie. You could just do that. You want to negotiate. The government can just do it. You can just do it. Well, and the thing is, this is what Trump 
did, and he explained how it became so expensive because of the middlemen, and he had all this stuff, and the middlemen were cut out, and everybody hated him, and I guess that just went away. Is that one of those executive orders that got turned back? Because that, that was pretty interesting. Remember that whole thing about the how it worked and yeah, why it he, became no, so expensive? he saw through some scam there, yeah. and he was going to just plow through it, and they, no, it's no good. I thought that was an executive order, but I guess that got. Well, I don't overturned. remember that, but there was something. Yeah, he was going to do something, and it was just he was sidetracked by everything they threw at him. Um, so obviously, you know, there is a, a, a point in time here, and I, I can only imagine that the uh, that the, the the pharmaceutical companies are wanting to continue this uh, these campaigns without having to go to the open market. And have people pay for it or have insurance pay for it. And uh, I have a report here. It looks like uh, if you want, if, if it will be on the open market, it'll be about 100 bucks a shot. So no one will take it then. Yeah, you can't have that. So, but they're, they're looking at it. They're pricing it. And so that's, you know, maybe this pricing in public is meant to yeah, spur government on to uh, to pay for more of it, uh, and if, so anyway. So back to the the pandemic def- definition. You remember their entire financial instruments based upon the World Health Organization categorizing something as a pandemic. Right. The pandemic definition changed during COVID. It had already changed during I think during uh, Zika, but they changed it yet again. And so then for the president on sixty minutes to say the pandemic is over. It's it's a legal problem. Well, there's fallout tonight after President Biden's interview with 60 Minutes. Comments he made about the pandemic led stocks of three COVID vaccine makers to plunge. Shares falling <laughs> as much as 9%. CBS's <laughs> Ed O'Keefe reports one. from the White House. President Biden's conclusion on 60 Minutes Sunday that the COVID pandemic has ended prompted pushback from health experts and clarifications from top officials. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra, who held a photo op promoting the latest COVID booster shot, was asked what the president meant. Make no mistake, people are still dying. And what the president is saying is that we all want to get back to where we were before COVID. While overall case rates are dropping, nearly 400 people are still dying each day, with about 30,000 currently hospitalized. And Dr. Anthony Fauci today warned vaccination rates are too low to end the pandemic. It is likely that we will see another variant emerge. And oh, hold on a second. Did you just hear that, what he said? Listen to what the newsreader says. Dr. Anthony Fauci today warned vaccination rates are too low to end the pandemic. Excuse me. The pandemic, it ends because it ends, not because of something else. Good point. It is likely that we will see another variant emerge and is already on the horizon. If I was in the political game, I would advise Republicans to go after this and say, oh, if the pandemic is over, then so are your emergency powers, so is this, and go down the line and at least force him to come out and say, no, I'm sorry, man, the pandemic isn't over. Saying 400 people die is not a pandemic. I, this is a, it's a huge fuck a mess up by the president, and I don't know why people aren't taking advantage of it. Well, I do know is because the force is so incredibly powerful to to jam this through once again. Doctor Offit is back. 
You recall he was one of the two people who voted against the uh, the latest bivalent uh, vaccine, uh, which has as far the eight mouse vaccine, the eight, the, the eight mice vaccine. And NPR interviewed him, and uh, he he explained about his uh, his vote. The possibility of these Omicron specific boosters. Now that they're here, what do we need to know about them? Well, um, yeah, I was actually one of two uh, voting members on the FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee that actually voted against this. So you probably should have the other 19 that voted for it on just to bounce this out. But but here's what I would say. I think that certainly on its face, it makes sense, right? We should target the viruses that are circulating. And it's the Omicron subvariants, BA4, BA5, that, that make up the majority of the strains that are circulating. The question is, does the bivalent vaccine, by putting the these this mRNA vaccine that contains not only the original ancestral strain, but also the BA4, BA5 strain in there, is that significantly better than just getting boosted with the ancestral strain? To date, I would argue that data do not support that. Um, we, I could go through all the reasons why, but, but suffice it to say, that's why I voted no. If you look at the data that were presented to us on, Jan, on June 28th, when you looked at the bivalent vaccine containing BA1, because we weren't presented the data with the current vaccine, because there weren't data at that point, you saw roughly a two-fold increase, or a less than a two-fold increase in neutralizing antibody titers, which is unlikely to be a clinically significant difference. And there were data, actually, that just came out in the New England Journal of Medicine suggesting, again, that, that this is unlikely to be significantly better. Okay, so he's saying there was no reason for it. No reason for it. I followed my, my brain. I followed what we were seeing. Didn't make any sense. But what about those other 19 people who did approve it? Well, you're, the other 19 members of that committee aren't here, Dr. Offit, but can you give us some insight into why they approved the booster? Well, I think it was clear that's what, what we were being asked to do. Uh, you know, you had people from the World Health Organization present who said that they think that this might be of benefit. Even the, F, the people presenting for the FDA felt that this might be of benefit. But again, you know, you would like to see some data that support that before you agree to, you know, a, a vaccine that's going to be given to millions and probably tens of millions of people. I just do worry about that. I mean, I don't think this vaccine would be any less safe. I suspect it would be at least as good. I guess we'll find out. But I would really be surprised if this was dramatically better. And I I do feel that it's being sold that way at some level, that this is going to be, because it contains BA4, BA5, this is going to be much better at protecting you against mild disease, much better at reducing transmission, that it's going to have an impact on on the current pandemic. And I I just worry that it's being oversold. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, it was meant to be, it was supposed to be passed. So with all of this, and I'm just going to call it corruption, corruption of the FDA panel, corruption uh, of the um, Inflation Reduction Act, which also seems to be all about pharmaceutical. They say it's to, to go against big pharma, but that seems to be the biggest lie. So when this, and this corruption is becoming clear, at least I think to many, but we still have to focus the stupid people on blaming the right people. Who could we blame for all the money that has been stolen and all the corruption with COVID cash? Trump. In Minnesota, the wads of cash first got people's attention. Then the pricey real estate, cars, and jewelry. Investigators said today that it was all proceeds of a scheme that defrauded taxpayers out of more than $250 million. Their goal was to make as much money for themselves as they could. You want to try again on your guess, or do you want to keep with Trump? Well, I already know the answer because this story is very familiar to me. 
Well, let's play it. claiming to feed children during the pandemic. The scheme began in early 2020 with a food program known as Feeding Our Future. It allegedly funneled tens of millions in federal dollars to people running fraudulent food sites or nutrition programs. So far, 47 people have been indicted, including Feeding Our Future Executive Director Amy Bach. The children who they said they were feeding didn't exist. The indictment in this case alleges the defendants took money that was set aside to feed hungry children and instead fed their own greed. Since the beginning of the pandemic, government COVID assistance money has been a jackpot for thieves who have used the cash to spend lavishly on exotic cars and mansions. Richard Ivazan was sentenced to 17 years for a family-run scheme that fraudulently obtained tens of millions of dollars in taxpayer money. Rapper Fontrell Antonio Baines, a.k.a. Nuke Bizzle, even bragged about his COVID unemployment fraud in a song. And there it is. Let's end the report by blaming it on Nuke Bizzle. More black people stole your money. Before pleading guilty to federal fraud charges. <laughs> it's not some yeah, stupid it's organization. It's rappers, man. Hip hoppers took your cash. I could, that really blew me away when they're blaming on the, the hip hop guy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? We got to have Jeff, Jeff Pegues. Yeah, good reports. to hear. Yeah, Perfect. good to hear, Jay. Good to hear Jeff back on the scene. <laughs> Jeff. Got a note from one of our producers uh, who is a teacher. And he says, I love, uh, I love clipping the show for my students. But I have a problem, man. You, you guys use these S, you know, the bullshit word and the shit word too much. I say bullcrap now. Okay. Well, he gave us some other alternatives. So bullcrap will be one. You know, you can, by the way, you're, you can bleep it out. I can? No, not you. The guy doing the clips. Yeah, he's lazy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. He's lazy. You're lazy, man. <laughs> He says, consider bunk, drivel, guff, hogwash, rubbish, baloney, bosh, bunkum. I say baloney. I've said baloney, you, uh, mal- malarkey. Baloney. I've, said, I've said rubbish. I don't say it that much. It sounds too British. Yeah. And, and uh, bunk, for sure. Bunk. Uh, where am I? Bunkum. Bunkum. Hookum. Nobody says hook'em. bunkum. Hooey. Fooey. Malarkey. Hooey. Moonshine and poppycock. Um... No one's saying poppycock. No, I mean you sound like a, you sound like a fop. A fop. Hey, it's poppycock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, instead of damn, try dad zizzle or thunderation. I don't think we say damn a lot, do we? We don't say damn. Instead of shit, try great Odin's raven. Yeah, that's that. Now, there you now, go. Now, 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 now I want to hear talking. that from you. Now you're talking. Great Odin's raven. <laughs> 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 that would be good. Now, I agree with that one. Yeah, I think Great Odin's Raven. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna work on it. <laughs> oh 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 oh! We got our evaluation back from the podcastbroker.com. Oh, good. Would you like to know what uh, what our yeah, show I'm was sure worth on the open market? Uh, I'm sure it's not worth what it's supposed to, what it's really worth. But go on. Well, he, he, so I, now I'm thinking they've got this is like a bait and this is like a a thing to hook you into something. 
Oh, no, it's pro- Hello. <laughs> so there's two things. So they say, okay, we evaluate. I didn't give them. I, I gave them some general numbers. I'm not going to give them our exact numbers. You can't they, give me not that I even have exact numbers. Um, they say our pre- net present valuation. Ready? Sit down because we cash in. This is we. This is what we put in our pocket. One point one million point eight hundred and forty six thousand six hundred and eleven dollars. Wow. Now, but here's here's the catch. Then they say potential annual programmatic ad revenue. So this is where I think it's a pitch. Oh yeah. Do you know what they say we could make if we if we stopped doing value for value and went just with ads that are inserted? That's what programmatic ad revenue means. Do you know what they yep. think we could do? Five million a year. Two point <laughs> four million. No, oh, really. I'm thinking let's do some ads. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, we could just easily be talking about, you know, um, all these, like John, uh, Kareem Abdul, Jean-Pierre Van Damme, and then all of a sudden I say, John, let's get some gold! Oh, no, yeah. that, that would be a host read, I'm sorry. It just needs to be interrupted. I was looking at, was looking at gold the other day. Yeah. <laughs> gold is down. Yeah, it's time to buy. <laughs> That's right. I don't... <laughs> You did that so well, I actually thought you were talking to me for real. That's, that's exactly how, if, if we did that, we'd be so good at it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no problem. Everyone thinks that Ben Shapiro knows how to segue. Uh-uh. No, oh, please. He, has, he hasn't met the master. I'll, get, I'll get some examples. He's no good either. The no, worst I, is, I is hate the, his, is the his great one, Mark Levin. That guy is terrible at segues. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes, he is terrible at se- at segues. You're right. Very bad. Hmm. Uh, let me see. Do I have anything else? I do. I do have. Well, something. since we're talking about this, I want to. Since you did bring this up, I want to get these clips out of the way. You brought up the uh, some of the scams going on and this one thing and that. I'm thinking. Oh, I'm sorry. Before before I forget, should I decline respectfully? <laughs> okay. Um. We'll leave it open. So I think the problem that we, we're going to have, these, guys, these scams are being elaborated. Really, the, the problem, the reason that these things go on is the stupidity of the public Correct. at large. Well, uh, ignorance, but stupidity, yes. No, both. Let's say both. Okay. It's, it's right. both down. Both. All right. So let's look at the man on the street report. I got one that says, <laughs> miss, I made a mistake in my ass. This is miss. Now, this is only a, uh, this is the beginning of a, I don't have this, you know, this is our guy that goes out and asks the same five questions to everybody. Oh, this is the guy who, who keeps ending with, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that so, guy. So this is interesting. So this is, the, this is the, the opening. This is the MIS-11 moment. Now play this, and he's got somebody that, that he's talking to. 11. I'm 21. If you were born 10 years ago today, you would be 11. Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, you know. Okay, now wait. This is not. This I, I, not I, need about to, that. I need to take exception to that in a moment, but I will. I will be quiet. So he goes on. So I, and I guess he does this with everybody. He explains what the real answers were, and he and they joke around. And I'm sure most people go, "Oh yeah, I guess <laughs> I was fooled." So so he drops his his. He's got a phone. He uses for a mic, but he drops it down, and he I jacked all the the volumes back up so you can hear what's going on. And he goes back, and this woman about the, you know, if you were born 10 years ago, how old are you today? 
and nine out of, uh, most of these people say 11. <laughs> and so I don't, uh, that's, that's says, the baffling thing. The baffling thing is the 11. Yeah. And so he goes, so he, he, then he jokes about it at the end and he's joking about it with this woman and she pushes back. And this is the only time I've seen him do this. He brings his mic back up and gets into it with her because she's no. It is 11. So let's go to the part two of this where they get into a beef about it. No. That's not. 10 years, you'd be 10. If you were born 10 years ago? No. <laughs> what do you mean, no? No. If you were born 10 years ago, then you would be 10. No. What do you mean, no? Because I'm 20. Yeah, okay. What year is it? What? What year is it? 21. Okay, so if you were born in 2011, how old would you be today? Well, 2011? 41. Okay. Here's why I take exception to this. When I entered the Dutch school system in fifth grade, it was probably six months into it. I didn't speak very much Dutch, and so it was real tri-by-five. It was a very traumatic experience, but I'm happy it happened to me. I'm happy it went through it. The teacher, this is the same guy who told me to shut up. The, the, the flag has 52 stars and not 50. Yeah. He, he, he made me read a piece which was intended to trick people. So the way I read it was Inkapinkia and uh, I can't remember what the other one was. The reason why is it was a sentence that you read and you get into a rhythm and you're supposed to say, the, the, the way you pronounce the word is inkapinkia, but because of the rhythm of that sentence, I, of course, fell into the trap, certainly not being a native speaker, and went inkapinkia. And everyone laughed! And I didn't know what I had done wrong. So it was the, one of the meanest tricks ever played on me that I still remember it. Here I am, 52 years, you know, with f- 40 still years later. Still holding a grudge. Still, no, not grudge, it's trauma and pain. It's a grudge. Pain, pain. So I don't like these tricks. I like it when people are just seriously stupid. I don't think he needs to do that. I think that's, that's a sh- I didn't like it when I heard it. I'm like, it's funny, but why just, people are stupid by themselves. You don't need to trick them into it. Well, but, I don't know how much of a trick that is if you were born 10 years ago. No, John, you know how it goes. It, it, obviously, this is a, it's a trick question. People get confused by it. It's like a yeah, well, that, well, that's the reason that this one was interesting because I'm sure he says the same thing to everybody else. No, it's you. If you're born ten years, you always see ten. And she pushes back and yeah. says, "No, eleven. And then he cracks up, and then she <laughs> she insists that it's eleven. And then he tries to reason whether to untrick her. He does his best. And she, she then she goes off the deep end. She can't figure out anything. She's a complete idiot. And there's one after another of these people that come, most of them are pretty, pretty uh, upbeat about it. They're, they laugh and say, I don't know. I can't tell you how many continents there are. I don't know how many oceans there are. I don't know how many states there are. I don't know how many flags, stars on the flag. I don't know anything. <clears throat> and they laugh about it and they have a good time. And he <laughs> has a good time ridiculing him. But it's like, how many, I mean, and you have to assume that not everybody is dumb as these people because, you know, that's what man on the street is all about. You find the dumb yeah, you ones. You find the dummies, yeah, of course. And they don't know anything, and you can just ask them about anything. But they always know who Chloe, Chloe Kardashian, Kardashian is. is. <laughs> they always know that. So they're not complete, you know, they're not, you know, retarded. Perhaps, okay. Perhaps this is the desired result. Perhaps this is exactly what we want to see. 
Because uh, CBS Evening News brought me a, a little news headline, which got me thinking, yeah, maybe all of this pharma thing is, is on the right track. For the first time, a panel of medical experts is recommending that American adults under the age of 65 be screened for anxiety. The draft recommendation comes from the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. The panel found that screening for mental health disorders, including among those who are pregnant and postpartum, can help identify the problem early and help patients get treatment. So they want that screening. Anxiety is now a disorder. Oh, no, but it, it's easily helped with these fine pills. Lexapro, yeah, hello, pills, everybody. plenty of pills. They want everybody doped up. Yep. And they're going to make it mandatory. Anyone under 65 got to have anxiety screening. I'd like to see the test for anxiety screening. I mean, they won't make it mandatory right away. Right away. But listen to this, uh, just a, a portion of this mom's story. Uh, I think she's Canadian. Her son had high fever, took him into the ER. The ER said, oh, man, looks like um, uh, might have some, uh, what was it? Uh, hey, whatever it was, he was fine after a couple of hours. And uh, But, you know, oh, it was meningitis. That's what they thought he had meningitis. And they gave him a little bit of antibiotics and it calmed down. They said, okay, I'm going to take my son home. And then they said, uh, no, you're not taking him home. Uh, here are your choices. Dr. Hirsch came in and told us that Pi has possible bacterial infection in his blood, but they need to know if it's attacking my son's brain, causing meningitis. At this point, my son looks and feels completely healthy. No fever, no coughs, no runny nose, energy levels high, and he's be- been eating just fine. Dr. Hirsch then proceeds to give us the options. A, let them perform a lumbar puncture spinal tap to remove Ah. fluids from his spine to see the health of his brain cells and then administer 10 days of IV drip into a system. Or B, get him on a 14-day IV drip of antibiotics. He says to me, all this to be done starting tonight. I'm in shock at the severity of the solutions presented as I look at my healthy, happy son and their incohesive blood work tests, and I reply, no, we will not do that. Dr. Hirsch then looks at me and says, if you refuse this treatment, I will have to report you to the child ministry and they will re- file your response as neglect to your child's health. So, I didn't clip the rest of her story. It's, the whole thing is about eight minutes. It's in the show notes. So she takes her child home. And of course, the next day, the child ministry, not child protective services, the child ministry shows up and says, uh, you got to do this right away. She was even blocked from leaving the hospital, sort of, by a nurse at the time. No, no, you can't leave. You have to start these, one of these procedures right now. So the end result is this mom refuses. She skips town to go to her parents with the kid. They send out an, an amber alert that this child has been kidnapped by her mother. This is quite insane. Huh. <laughs> That's an interesting story. Yeah, you should watch, you should watch that video. It's just, what are you, this is, and, and people sent it to me saying, I got this Amber Canada. Alert. Canada. <laughs> I got this Amber Alert. So, I forgot who it was. One of the right wingers. Was it Tucker? 
Mm. That says, you know, Canada's the testing grounds for all these kinds of ideas. I would say that seems pretty accurate. Well, it's getting there, that's for sure. They're, you know, used to be behind the times, and now they're leading the way with uh, tyranny. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is This is disturbing. Maybe it's just me. Between the anxiety. So just imagine anxiety. Oh, yeah. Mandatory. If you don't do anxiety screening, we're going to report you. You might be dangerous around your children. These guys can make anything up. Oh, yeah. It was so well, while we're at it, um, where is this? Uh, Walensky was grilled. Walensky. Where's Walensky? Uh, in, I think it was House of Representatives. Yeah. Marshall grilled her. He was not happy about. Uh, anyway, he made a very good point. But it was just fun to see how the CDC operates, and she's real nasty in this in this back and forth exchange. He's he's clearly worried about a different health crisis than monkeypox. Probably two people, one or two people, have died with monkeypox in the United States that I'm aware of. But every day, hundreds of Americans die from fentanyl poisoning. Why have you not declared this a public health emergency? Why have you not asked the administration to shut down the border where 90% of this fentanyl comes from? Um, The declaration of a public health emergency is under the secretary, so I would have to defer that comment. I will say that... But you um, could recommend to him that that would be done. And we have those conversations. But what I will say is that our ability to shut down the border at the CDC level is related to communicable diseases. And while the fentanyl uh, uh, challenge... Turning your back on not at all. More it's people just, have died have from fentanyl poisoning. More Americans have died from fentanyl poisoning than we lost in Vietnam. I, this is what's killing Americans every day: is fentanyl. Do you do you not have a heart for these people, for these I moms and dads that have do. lost these and kids? Absolutely, and in fact, through my career, I've cared for many of them, um, and it is tragic. And we are doing a lot at CDC, what are we doing? but we do not at CDC doing? have the authority to shut down the border on anything except a communicable disease. So, what are we you. doing? We're doing outreach. We're doing mental health. We're we're doing community violence. We're doing um, we're doing surveillance. We're doing uh, but tons of fentanyl continue across the border. So who does who is responsible for a clearly a, a health crisis like uh, this massive COVID uh, epidemic uh, um, fentanyl. fentanyl epidemic? Who is responsible if it's not CDC? Health and Human Services should be okay. I think this whole thing is 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 bullcrap. I'm not even sure that these pills come from over the over the from over the border. I'm thinking these. I'm thinking China. most of this is coming right from the pill mills and bullcrap right here in good well, old like, USA. Well, yeah, that's a lot a of it. I don't uh, think they're going to be able to prove mm-hmm. that. I think it's too, too easy to make it in China and just ship it straight in in one of the cargo containers. Uh, right, but even closing the border is not going to change that. No, it's not. It's no, just it's not. not. Um, nice. So I guess the El Paso mayor. Yeah. Uh, who is a Democrat? <laughs> after he heard oh, no. the new, after he heard that the New York City mayor bitched and moaned about Abbott and the Republicans sending these these migrants to New York City, sent twenty eight busloads, according to one report. To where? New York City. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I guess what I was saying is no way, but I, this story maybe I'm trying to check it out. But it's possible because these guys, you know, it's cheaper to send a busload of people in New York City than it is to care for that many. They can't handle oh, it. Absolutely. El Paso is the 
El Paso is the it's doubled uh, in size. It, it's doubled in size with with quote migrants. Yeah, El Paso is a mess. It's yeah. ground zero. Okay, that was a jingle. Uh, I have a, a couple Ooh, of clips. Was. Yeah, I have a couple of clips on this actually. Uh, the first one is Je Johnson. Who doesn't remember Je? Remember Je? Je? Je Johnson. Je? 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 Je Johnson. Was he not uh, Secretary of Homeland Security? I think Je Johnson. I think he was Homeland Security. Yes. Yeah, so he would have been res- responsible for Je Border when he was Je Johnson in the Je administration. And here's his comparison of now and then. Um, when I was in office, uh, the numbers were annually about 300, 400,000 a year. We're now getting that in a matter of six to eight weeks. <laughs> okay. So not just D.C. You're is- not getting it because you don't want them. You're getting it because you've done this on purpose. And it's not just New York who are worried. Officials in Delaware scrambled to prepare for a possible flight with asylum seekers headed to an airport near President Biden's beach house that so far hasn't arrived. We want to make sure that we provide that humanitarian support to them. These are folks who have been probably on a very long journey, and this would be another leg to that long journey. It's the same plane that carried 48 migrants to Martha's Vineyard last week, prompting a criminal investigation by by a Texas sheriff. Today, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis would not confirm whether he organized this latest flight and instead criticized the president. If you believe in open borders, then this is the sanctuary jurisdictions that should have to bear the brunt of the open borders. Migrant encounters hit a record, more than two million this year, driven largely by those coming from Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. Crises-ridden countries where President Biden said returning them is, quote, not rational. We're working with Mexico and other countries to see if we can stop the flow. couple things about this. I am so, I watch every single night when there's, and it's usually Tucker, you know, he has the footage. Uh, and then, you know, and Bill, 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 what's his name? Bill Muchin, whatever his name is, with the high hair. He, he's the only guy down at the border. He's got drone footage now. Look at these migrants. Clean shoes, clean clothes, no backpacks, plastic bag. These are not people who had a long and dangerous journey. I mean, it's right there in front of clean sneakers. Uh, boots on the ground for one of our uh, aviation producers. I work a lot with the Department of Transportation Airline Passenger Statistics. Do we have the best producers or what? I've heard from boots on the ground in places like El Paso, McAllen, Brownsville, and Harlingen that airlines are making a windfall from NGOs buying tickets for migrants. Which, of course, is government money. These are the billion-dollar NGOs. Obama, I think, is still on the board of directors of one in Austin. Um, they're very, it's very big money. Uh, yeah, m- they many, know how to soak, soak, soak the taxpayer. And many uh, uh, church groups, too, religious groups. Yep. Because they don't have names until the last minute, and airlines require a name, they buy clothes in at high fares, which drew the attention of airline buddies there. This was just anecdotal until now, but I decided to take a look at the statistics published by the Department of Transportation on the website to see how much of a traffic imbalance these airports have, meaning more passengers leaving than coming in. This is a, this is a statistic that Fox News could use t- tonight, because no one has looked at this. Well, read it very carefully, and they will. 
And I have a chart for them to use. No worries. In the airline business, it is highly unusual over the course of a year to have more passengers in uh, than are uh, out or out than in. Typically, it is within a fraction of a percentage. As we say, what comes up must go down. Almost everybody that flies out flies back. And those that mix driving usually balance out. Well, it turns out the imbalance of outbound passengers is spiking at these airports with 250,000 net more outbound than inbound in the last 12 months. These are domestic, non-government airplanes. Read Southwest. And growing rapidly. I've only sent this to you to see if you can get some attention to it. I think it proves the NGOs or government or whoever have been using air flights to spread migrants around the country to much greater extent since 2019. And this is a DOT. He did a screenshot, but it's right there on their website. And you see this spike uh, right just before 2021. And and it's never been higher in the past uh, 12, 12 years. It was, there was a spike around 2019, interestingly, kind of half of what it is now. So I yeah, I'm sure the spike is huge. I wonder where they're sending them, though. Now, if it's Southwest, it has to be one of the Southwest airports. Yeah. They don't fly everywhere. They fly to a bunch of places, though. Yes. Could be. I don't know. The... the way the story is told they're sending them to small towns all over the country mostly small places yeah I mean, so they fly into oakland and move them somewhere although they don't yeah. do that california doesn't have much input that way because we get our own we have our own border we just take it that we just take it straight up so um, in, so in so in typical good old american tradition hey we can make a lot of money by uh shuttling these migrants around <laughs> let's do it hey everybody bonanza yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Nothing to see here, John. It's just the typical stuff, I guess. Well, somebody's got to. Um, yeah. There's a couple yeah, other we'll... things here. On uh, let me see. Do I have anything? Do you have anything on the border? Uh, I have on the border. I got homeless. Oh got... yeah, I have. Well, well I... Biden. Says... No, but mm-hmm. I know what they're going to do with a lot of these people eventually. Um, let's play this clip. These two clips. This is fascinating, by the way. Compost the dead. <laughs> yeah, we had we had this story a while ago, but and maybe it's back. Yeah, back thank. And now we have clips. It's better. Californians have a new and greener way to return their dead loved ones to the earth. This week, Governor Newsom signed a bill legalizing human composting. It's a process that allows a body to naturally break down in soil. For more on this, we're joined by the author of that bill, Southern California Assembly Member Christina G- uh, Garcia. Appreciate yeah, you Democrat. taking the time. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Let, let's start with how the process of human composting works and what makes this more environmentally friendly than a traditional burial or cremation. Okay, definitely. Thank you for having me here. Uh, the process currently takes the body and puts it into a vessel. In the vessel, you have some wood chips, some mulch, some dirt, and it decomposes. A composting bin. So the process is quicker <laughs> than if you were just be put into the ground. It takes about 30 to 45 days. And at the end, we have rich soil nutrients that could be used to plant or garden, to plant trees, or can be donated to conservation uh, out there. 
and so this 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 is a more natural way. It's a more organic way. Uh, if you do a traditional casket burial, there's chemicals that are used there that leach into the ground and into our our water. Uh, there's also methane emissions from that. Uh, if you do cremation, there's carbon dioxide that's bad for climate change, and there's other pollution in the air as well. And so none of this happens with with this process. I'd l- First of all, I'm not against this. I'd like to understand. Yeah, no, I, I we have yeah, got, no. we have a lot of dogs. You take a dog, you dig a hole in the backyard, put the dog, the yep. dead dog in there, and put a tree on top. I, and I guess I, I think doing that with human beings, you know, is you might as well just put them in the backyard, put a tree on top. It's disgusting. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, my question was going to be. Is there something that pre-processes them before they get thrown in the compost heap? Do yeah, they, that she explained it. Do they, and they showed it. You didn't get to see the video, unfortunately. Do they, do they, do they debone the body? No. Oh, they, but the bones take a long time to, to rot away. They, put it, they have these bins, and they say this is getting passed for 2027, but even though they show an operation in full tilt working now. <laughs> in Seattle, no doubt. <laughs> Well, somewhere, like and so they they take the they have a bin. It's like a re, it's a composting bin, and they put the body in there, and they throw a bunch of dirt and some bacteria. You know, you can buy this stuff from Amazon, and you put the body in, and you seal it shut, and you put it in this rack. It looks like a mausoleum with this rack with it goes in there and stays for forty five days till it just deteriorates. It's, oh, oh it, no, you be, you become goo within five days. That's the my yeah. Cup well, bodies. after the goo, you become something usable. And then you can take the dirt. You, you become dirt because that's what they think. That's what the that's what the government thinks of you. They think of you as dirt, as future dirt. <laughs> and uh, so you're dirt now. And then you can be used for you know growing tomatoes. I mean, it's disgusting. But they're all, they're just straight faced about it. Oh yeah, whoa, 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 climate it, change. Is it is it legal? Are you allowed to bury humans on your own property? I think you can get a permit to do it. Because, you know, Trump buried his, his ex-wife on his, uh, on he his owns property. The, you know, he owns the city council there. Uh, well, I think it's totally in the realm of possibility. I can see uh, just like the donor codosil that everyone uh, wears and now is in your iPhone, there will be a little checkbox. Yes, compost me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, why not? Yeah. It's so friendly for the earth. Of and course, I can and come they, back as millenn- bugs. Oh, by the way, the, so Gen Z, you know, the, and the millennials. Oh, yeah, great idea. Yes, of course. It's just a checkbox on your health app in your iPhone. It's a great idea because it's so good for climate change. It's just <laughs> compost, man. It's, not, it's not useless. You know, there's no memory. There's no place to put flowers. There's nobody's going to give a crap that you're dead because you're now. Uh, oh, the, where happened to the tomato plants you planted over Bill? Oh, they died. Uh, we're gonna we're selling the house. If I asked uh, Tina, if I said because she's always like, nah, just throw me out. I don't care. Yeah, Unplug they always me. say sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, hey, could I turn you into compost? Ask if, her if she goes first. Of course. I mean, if I go first, it's out of the question. I want well, rituals. I want burning. Make sure she goes first. <laughs> is, is this second clip any good? It's a, it's a little, just more details. It's okay. Oh, let's play. hear it. Let's hear it. So we still have a process that this has to go through. This is not going to be uh, something that's allowed in California until 2027. And so huh. the Bureau goes through a process to ensure we have something that's going to be both respectful of 
our bodies, respectful of the environment, and respectful of our communities. And so the stakeholders will be able to give input as the department comes up with the rules and regulations for the companies that will be doing this work here. How much of an impact, before we go here, and, and we don't have much time left, but how, how much of an impact do you think this can truly make in terms of fighting climate change? I know that was, that was the reason you, you pushed for this legislation. Well, I will say that, you know, every little bit helps and it adds up quickly. We expect uh, that, you know, we just think about it during the pandemic. We had to waive our rules on cremation. We do have a limitation on how much can happen at a given time uh, out there. And so uh, metric tons uh, all add up. And so this is not a silver bullet by itself. It's not going to fix climate change. But we have to think about our footprint in all aspects. And this is just another aspect. Now, is this a... a a California legislation, or is this? Or is this a- no, it's California legislation. <laughs> I guess some other states have already put it in play. Other, other blue oh. states. I should mention. Man, we could have no agenda exit strategy. We can market the home kit. Turn granny into great food. <laughs> and there's possibilities here. Silent breed is people. With that, I'd like to thank you for your courage. Say in the morning to you, the man who put the C in Cellus. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to my friend on the other end, Mr. John C. Devorah. Yeah, in the morning, you, Mr. Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships and sea boots on the ground feed the air, subs in the water, the days and the nights out there. Yeah, in the morning to uh, all of our trolls in the troll room who are always diligently hanging out uh, 24-7. You can join him by going to trollroom.io. Listen to the No Agenda stream live 24-7. Troll around. Talk to people. Do whatever you want. Troll the host. There's lots of live shows. And of course, if you're using uh, Podverse these days, uh, then you can. You probably got a notification that we were live and you dr- drop right into the troll room straight from your app. It's a beautiful thing. Um, let's see how many trolls we have. Got in this uh, room here. Hmm, 1978. This feels down. The down 200. Down 200. Could be doing That's better. Last show. Could be doing better. But we love having the trolls here. We appreciate it. You're an important, important part of the live studio audience experience. Of course, you can also uh, witness everything that goes on at noagendasocial.com, where you can follow me, Adam, at noagendasocial.com, John C. Dvorak at noagendasocial.com from any Mastodon account. Or if you don't have one yet, you can now pop in through signup.noagendasocial.com, answer some very simple questions to show that you at least have listened to the show a little bit, and presto, boom, you got an account. Seems to be very hard for many. It's people are tweeting me. Please, man, help me! I can't figure this one out. So, I, I, I like the fact that we have this. It's kind of the what would you call that? The I got a name for it. Not the, the like captcha. Yeah, captcha is you know this was uh, quizcha. Quizcha. That's what he. Yeah, I don't like it. Quizcha. Uh, let us thank the artist. For episode 1478, racistly titled, Si Senor. How is Si Senor racist? That's the way you said it on the show. Oh, I said Si Senor on the show by saying it in a normal Mexican accent. Si Senor. 
That is which is uh, that's not the, the way you did it. No, that's not the way you did it. Do it the way you did it. That's the way I did it. No. He went, see, si, senor. See, si, senor. There you go. Now that's the difference. That's racist. Okay. <laughs> Just so I know. <laughs> Just not according to me. According to the people who want to liquefy granny for the garden. Uh, we want to thank uh, Tonta Neal, who did a very funny version of basically a theater of the mind bit that we did, which was everybody on the bus going to the royal funeral with a tote bag, a lanyard, and I think we added a fanny pack to it. That must have been, we added the fanny pack after Tonta Neal had already done a beautiful job of creating the actual royal funeral tote bag with a little uh, uh, special offer starburst take the bus get a tote we yeah. just we just laughed at it it was just we it, always uh, tend to be suckers now i don't want to see a million of them now i'm just going to mention this and you'll notice if you look at the art go to noagendashow.com and look at the art you'll see that occasionally somebody will put one of these little little starbursts it's like a burst there's a name for it a graphic artist yeah it's no. instant bestseller Instant bestseller. That's me. <laughs> That's you. And so it's that, a gold burst on the on the. It's on a little burst. <laughs> it's a burst, and it's got some joke in it. And so, so uh, we tend to. That's always a good gimmick, and it always has to be tilted slightly like this. <laughs> Somebody already did one. It can't did, be did straight up. Can't be straight up. Correct the record. Already did one I, for today's show. <laughs> I would say that this thing should be over. She's got about a 5% tilt. I'd say 10. I'd go 10. Mm-hmm. Well, But yeah, that was the best of the pieces because it, it just nailed it. Let me see what else we looked at. Uh, and you can't I follow- use the cuts of No Agenda yeah. for the newsletter. Why didn't we use that one? We were talking about that as, as the one we wanted, but then we went with... Because uh, we could always use that, I guess, the cuts of No Agenda. And I did. You did? Um, let's see what else was there. There were a couple other totes. I liked the elephant with the bombs, but it didn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, it didn't work for me. It didn't really make... We both kind of chuckled at the only two shits left to give, which we weren't going to use. Yeah, actually, I laughed out loud when when I first saw that one. (laughs) Appreciate that Uh, one. Who did that one? uh, That was uh, the mastermind. Then lots of people did just the tote bag. And now we got the question which we have to ask, which is the one from Lynx called buttons but and it's it's showing a guy wearing a suit oh yeah with, yeah an unevenly buttoned suit yeah and that looks like some sort of a, a picture from somewhere or from something we'd like to get some feedback and know what this came from where this came from yeah i'm trying to look for it now i can't see it um it's down by the it's over from the uh statue of liberty no agenda 33 in the can uh okay hmm i still don't see it oh there it is right and we we surmised that this was someone we should know who was who had is this joe biden their jacket up who can't but and why anyway we didn't quite understand it we thought it was intriguing i agree the clip art uh uh type font very intriguing as well if you blow this thing up is really not post worthy but we like that. We like the concept. We just didn't get it. Uh, I think that yeah. was it. Um, the other much. things, yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Anybody can follow along during the live show or just during the day. I mean, just, just people are always uploading stuff to noagendaartgenerator.com. Groovy, groovy uh, tip. If you want to participate, 
uh, everyone's welcome. Go to noagendaartgenerator.com, create an account. You can start uploading today as you listen to the show. Thank you again, Tonta Neal. We really appreciate uh, all the work that you do and all of the artists there at No Agenda, many of whom you will find on noagendas.social. Now let us think. I was looking back, I, I look at the historic pieces when I'm looking for newsletter art, although I decide, try to pick more newer stuff. But you go back and you see like these guys that don't do much anymore. And I have to say, and you can click on the artist's name. If you blow up one of these pieces, yeah, yeah, the artist's name, and you click on it, you see all their stuff. And the body of work for certain people is really um, unbelievable. And I'm going to have to, um, and I like to call them out once in a while for having an unbelievable body of work and then kind of falling off the truck. In other words, they don't produce much anymore. Uh, it, I think they burn out. It happens. Nick the Rat has an unbelievable body of work. That's true. I mean, he goes back page after page after page after page of, of a lot of it stunning. Yeah, he just lost interest. Well, he's still, you know, didn't he? Up, I thought he uploaded something yeah, he recently. He comes in about once every three or four shows with a piece that he he tosses. It's a toss off, you know? It's like, mm. yeah, let's try this. Maybe they'll like it kind of attitude. Uh, I'd like to thank our executive and associate executive producers of uh, episode 1488. And we start off with Joseph Satowski. Satkowski, I'm sorry. Satkowski. He's the guy who invented Bitcoin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's him. It's him, Joseph Satkowski. Well, uh, he he's a very interesting guy. He sent us uh, a note that doesn't even fit on my spreadsheet. Typically, everything fits on my spreadsheet. It's very... Do you want to just... I mean, I can't even read this whole thing. And I'm still putting together his 8,000 jingles. Could you get started on this for a second for me while I just uh, get... Yeah, sure. I'll read mm-hmm, his note or mm-hmm. try to. I don't know I if can. you read the whole thing. It's Well, in the morning, he starts off. That's good. Mm-hmm. With the significance of my 33rd birthday this year, my seventh year listening to no, uh, to JCD and podcasts, uh, that includes me, my first year in a landlord, as a landlord, huh? And episode 1488, I was really hoping to donate to episode number, but inflation ate the other 488. Hey, leaving me with only much needed de-douching and a much envied instant You've been de-douched. All right. Instant-nighted. He found out about, the, he found out about our, us through a degenerate communist anarchist tech podcast promoting DH Unplugged. Hmm. Uh, just weird. And I just, and he came and f- tracked us down. I tried to keep it short. He goes on after I skipped a bunch. Uh, but there's so much I want to say. And thanks for the time. I would like to receive the title of Sir Mad Philosopher, Knight of the Wooden Doors. You're on the list. And I would like to reserve some extra sushi, sake, and shiksas, as in the blonde. Mm-hmm. Blonde gen- so, gen- gentile sushi, woman, sake and shiksas. Shiksas, he shiksas. says shiksas, but that might be something else other than well, he's not spelling it into the Yiddish way. That's for sure. I, I put that's the order. Run- I put the order through. I have no idea what'll show oh, up. No, shiksas show up. Shiksas something. Hey, show up. hi. <laughs> How you want it? Um, and shiksas the round table, please. P.S. My S 
HW, and I would listen on long car rides until the monkeypox talk. She can't stand all the men who have sex with men talk, which made the experience hilarious for me. Did she so, say, turn it off? Turn it off! <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. He had a number of jingles. Oh, my gosh. Can you see that juice? Resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that be committed. You've got karma. There we go. I think we got so it all. He, he had a pun in there. Oh. Look at that juice. Sounds like Jews. Oh. Okay. Because there's no reason. There's, you, that clip is really always a punchline. It's never uh, an opening clip. I got you. So he thought it would be funny. Nice. He said, look at the Jews, shape-shifting Jews. Get it? Ha. Well, he's said. So I, caught it, I caught it. He's Satkowski. You never know. Satkowski's Polish. Yeah, I mean, yeah you never know. issues. <laughs> Onward with Matthew from Raleigh, North Carolina. Listener since 2016. He says, thanks for being there for us during the coronavirus hoax. Hit me with a few of your favorite clips. Oh, and a knighthood, if you don't mind. Oh, uh, I work at a Paz de Corp. P-O-Z-Z-E-D. Okay. Huh? What? I looked it up. A paused? <laughs> Thank you. So paused <sighs> is actually morphed from meaning to meaning. Because I saw this note and came and I said, paused. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. So it originally meant AIDS positive. HIV positive. Really? Yeah, it was called paused. It never caught on. It huh. then morphed into right winger. Huh. And that never caught on. No. And the latest version of paused, P-O-Z-Z-E-D, is a woke company, a, a diverse, a diverse woke corporation. Once again, words words matter, and language changes on a dime. Apparently, <laughs> this one. So it means a company that's a you know they're all yeah, yes, whatever it is. They're all die. All right. So I'll uh, I'll just two random and a yak. You've got karma. All right, Kyle Casey. Kylie Casey, as a matter of fact. Or is it Kyle? Well. Or is it Kyle? Remember, it's there's... Kylie. Okay. It's Kylie. Uh, Kylie. It's okay. definitely Kylie. Mm-hmm. And she is in Azle. Is there a Texas town named Azle? A-Z-L-E? I have no idea. Adam and John, $1,000. I have with a switcheroo donation for ah. my smoking hot husband's birthday today. Okay. So this is a switcheroo, so we have right. to give it to her. Yes. Mr. Kylie. Does he have a name? Uh, I guess it would be the last name of her. What is her last no, name? No, what's his first name? It doesn't say, but she's Mr. Casey. <laughs> Mr. Casey. Up. Let me look it up. Mr. Reagan. We listen to many podcasts, but we never skip an episode of No Agenda. My husband is a coach in the NFL. He's a coach in the NFL? What? Okay. Let's get some tickets. <laughs> hello. Hello, box seats. What's going on here? And they're in, and they're in Texas. 
in Texas. That means Dallas Cowboys or the Houston. Who would it be just the Dallas Cowboys? Who's the other Texas team? Uh, the Longhorns. Oh, no. The, 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 the Texas, the Texans, the Houston we, Texans. We got the Astros. Oh, no, that's baseball. If he's, if he's coaching the Texans, I, my, my condolences. Uh, and during COVID, your show helped to remind us that like-minded people are still out there. Football fans. Adam, we have some, at least one, we have some land outside of uh, Llano, Texas. Llano. 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 Llano, Texas is a wine-growing area. Yes, it's not far from here. It's very close by, actually. Llano Estacado, I think, is the main winery or, or vineyard there that used to be produced. The wine was produced by some superstars, and then the owners of the property decided that they were making they were losing their ass because they were just selling grapes so they started making their own wine mm. and it sucks so that was the end of that texas anyway we couldn't afford land on in fredericksburg what kind of where, coach what kind of coach are you where all the real <laughs> ballers live <laughs> and we got here early we got here on time but it makes us close to neighbors if you'd be so kind with your music magic buttons yeah my husband requested the smoking hot wife jingle I don't know what that is. I I know. I know exactly what it is. And karma for some wins. (laughs) (laughs) He would like some Sir Casey Knight of... He would like to be called Sir Casey Knight of the Footballs. Thank you for all you do. Okay. Let me just make sure he's on... Because he wasn't on the birthday list. Strangely. James Casey is his name. I don't know how... What? That's not in the... Okay, so James Casey is now on the list. Yeah, absolutely. You've got karma. Yeah, we know you're not a fan. Did you read the PS there, or did you conveniently forget that? I didn't open it. Oh, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, John, don't let Adam notice both frustration with you at times ever get to you. All the ladies love you. There you yeah, go. Well, yeah, there you makes go. sense. I don't know what that has to do with me. <laughs> Viacom- what it means, I'm, here's, I'll, I'll, I'll interpret. Careful. What it means, <laughs> I don't have to be careful, I'm too old. So, uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll understand later. So, uh, what it means is that it, I don't wear it well. Okay. Getting frustrated with some of the things you do to me some of the mean things you do <laughs> i don't wear it well so so she told me to stop it okay got okay it. i can do de- i can deal with it you can't even stop saying bullshit you can't stop i any stopped of it. i bullcrap bullcrap <laughs> you're doing good so far viscountess kim keeper of the nutty fluffers also a thousand dollars from hubbard hubbard oregon uh in the morning john and adam and then she says, 9-73120222. Okay, makes sense. Jingle, screw your freedom, R2-D2-F cancer. I don't have any of those lined up, but I will. Wanted to say thank you for doing a purge on No Agenda Social. Yes, well, of course. Um, and allowing other slaves to join. The added value is amazing, and in turn, I would like to share some value. Thank you for all that you do. Love it, lit, and all that, well, not only to say it, all that hooey, Viscountess Kim, keeper of the Nutty Fluffers from Hubbard, Oregon. And uh, she wanted, what did she want? Screw your freedom and F cancer. And we'll top that off with an R2-D2. I think we can do that. 
And here we go. But I think people should know. Yep, that was well, screwed it up right away. <laughs> but screw your freedom. Why is that working? Screw your freedom. No, you're almost as good as he is. That's funny. It's uh is there's no oh this is the ISO. <laughs> screw your freedom. There we go. You've got karma. Screw your freedom. Anonymous comes in from Los Angeles, California, three nine one nine one. And then he says, well, he's obviously not a fan of yours. And he says the following. <laughs> Adam, yes. I do believe the flippancy <laughs> is still flowing freely, <laughs> although you've cut back on the cussing. Congrats. And JCD, I always chuckle when you say that the M5M reporter should be feel ashamed. You should know by now they're shameless. I have a question about that. About the M5M. Whenever... What about it? Oh, I'm going to tell you. So whenever we hear a report where the reporter says, so-and-so claimed, so-and-so <laughs> claims, you claims. always say that this is a, a grave um, uh, journalistic error. No, I think, it's, I think it's loaded language, and, it's a, and I think it's a flaw, and I think it's, and I think it's, it's not good form. So I heard this come through on uh, on a pod uh, a podcast news podcast, and I uh, and it was I can't remember what it was, but it's you know someone claimed this is why they did that, and so and I wrote and I and I sent a little boostergram. I said, hey, you know, I'm disappointed in you. What is this claimed? Why not just said he posted, he stated, you know, all the things that you could have said. And this is a guy, a, a British reporter, and he says. I used claimed because I don't want to take sides or accuse someone of something. It's just my boring legal training. Huh? I found this to be an... an, an, an Oh, that's interesting. Well, I'm thinking back when I was writing reports for the government, and you have to write in that stilted style that cops use. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then you, I, and I think the legal system uses claims. Oh, and the and the and the plaintiff claim this and claim that and claim this because they're making assertions that are part of the case. He makes a claim. You made a claim against my my client. You claimed. Oh, so you if were it was wrong. in context of a of a lawsuit. No, but he's a lawyer, he says, and he's this part of his language. He's no, he part of his- no he's, he doesn't say he's a lawyer. He says that's part of his boring legal training. I don't know if, I don't think well, he's then a he lawyer. Was tra- he was, yes, he was trained to be this way, and it's just a carryover. I don't think that was a, uh, I think it's, a, I still believe it's wrong if you're going to do reporting per se. Mm-hmm. It should, you The guy says something, he doesn't claim it, he's not in court. That's a good point, by the way. It makes it sound like you're in court, which another which adds to the another the reason not to use it. Yes, it's another reason not to use it because it makes it sound like it's a legal proceeding. So that yes, that's a good. I like that what he said. But also remember, it says I do not want to take sides or accuse someone of something. 
Which you end up doing. You end up indirectly. Them, yeah, that's well. Maybe you're making them a plaintiff or a defendant. Maybe there's something different about the word "claimed" in the in the in the English version of in well, the non-American. Yeah, if you've been to court and you've heard these people, they go, they claim yeah. this, they claim that. Good point. Because uh, they're trying to get something in a, in a judge. They're trying to get a judgment for one thing or another. Anyway, that, it makes sense to me what he said. Okay, so can I still? Uh, Excoriate him or not? Yeah, no. Oh. You you say well. Is it, no, he's 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 given himself an excuse. <laughs> By the way, I was in the same vein. A thought came to me. It's like the people who are running Joe Biden are literally people who are familiar with the president's thinking because he doesn't think for himself at all. They are the ones doing the thinking. So that is now a valid ah, thing to point. say. You can say people familiar with the president's thinking. Well, of course, he has no thoughts. That's a good one. Yeah. Thanks anonymous. Edward Tatnall, Sir Fod Father FOD. Thank you savers of sanity. Jingles don't trust China chemtrails deem scream. China is asshole. Chemtrails. Yeah, all right. <laughs> happy to happy to oblige, sir. Sir, uh, Sir Point, Serpent, oh, Serpent, oh, I get a Serpent, ha, ha, ha. Serpent of the Finger, of the Finger Lakes, Jason Keeler in Savona, New York. Three, 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 three. Hey, Crackpot and Buzzkill, Serpent from the Troll Room here. Give the trolls some karma for my 33rd birthday today. Serpent of the Finger Lakes, Jason Kiefer. You've got Raymond Garrison's up next. Oops, sorry. Coming, Georgia, 333.33, our favorite executive producer number, certainly in the value for value realm. We love it. Hey, uh, John and Adam, I had to apologize as I've been a douchebag since 2016 when I stumbled across No Agenda Show while trying to understand why nothing in the mainstream media seemed to correlate with objective reality. Please allow me the use of one of these few remaining de-douches. Yes, you're in, you're in luck. You've been de-douched. I'm glad people are seeing the scarcity. Have you yeah. have you checked the, the meter? I hate to tell you this, but it looks like we're going to have to order some new ones from China. Really? We're going to have these Chinese de-douches? It, it, it doesn't look like anyone's producing de-douchings here in the United States anymore. It's another part of the manufacturing base going to China. So can't we have them made in I Vietnam? I think they'll be the same. I think they do a good job of copying if you do good quality control. So yeah, but, I, but I'd prefer to give Vietnam or maybe even South Korea, give, the, give them oh, some of the benefits. Vietnam's prices are too high. Best price! They, they, they have better <laughs> quality. The other thing is, I noticed this years ago. You can get stuff out of China cheaper than you can in Vietnam. Shipping. Oh, cheaper. no doubt. No doubt. But we're, we're a small operation. When we run out of dedouchings, I mean... No, we'll get a pile that lasts for a while. Okay. Pile that'll last for a while. Hey, Darren O'Neill, there's one for you. Please allow me the use of these free, uh, few remaining dedouches. This donation is too low to be an accurate representation of the value I've received from the show over the years, but it's what I can afford in this economy. And... I couldn't let myself exit my 33rd trip around the sun while remaining a douchebag. Plus, something about this episode number tickled me. As they say, we must secure the existence of no agenda and a future for media deconstruction. Correct you are, sir. Thanks for everything. Can I get a, I think that's pretty good. Oh, that's an Amy thing. Oh, so I haven't, uh, where is Amy? Pretty good. She's actually good. 
Okay. Pretty and it hasn't been played for a while. Yeah, we got that. Pretty great. Pretty good. Don't remember what it was. It was good, Amy. Yeah, I know. I know. It's one of your clips. Pretty good. But did you spell it good? Yeah, you did uh, spell it. it yeah, you did. Me. You did. You did. You did a great job. You did a great job. And what else did Thank he want? Just a regular much. old karma? Baby making karma. Oh, I got one of those. I think that sounds pretty good. <laughs> You've got karma. Daniel Hollingsworth is up next, and he's in Southgate, Kentucky. 333.33. My future memoir will be named, quote, The left hand is a burden. I'm an engineer. This is safe. (laughs) Okay, well, you uh, spooks out there understand what that means. If you don't mind, I'll wait for the audio book. Daniel R. (laughs) Hollingsworth, the Dan... Dan Bobbins Hollins on Twitter. No G. All okay. right. But as coded a message as we get. A lot of 3333s today. Sir Leron. It's a record. From Dothan, 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 Alabama. Uh, still funny and informative after all these years. For example, who knew crudités was a tailgate veggie platter from Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> That's correct. You heard it here first. Thank you, sir. That's it. Roll Tide, no jingles, no karma. Sir Leron, Alabama. Roll Tide. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy Alcott, Sir Rody Joe of the Eastern Seaboard Trucking Lanes in Odenton, Maryland, 333. 33. Uh, ITM, yak karma for all, please. That's it. <laughs> okay. You've got... How about this? Karma. By an engineer, maybe he ne- means a train engineer? And he has his left hand oh, hanging out maybe. the window? Maybe, maybe, I'm maybe. feeling. I've, somehow I connect Daniel Hollingsworth to trains. I'm not sure why. And then we have uh, Daniel Bull from Olive Branch, uh, Missouri, 333-33. No jingles, no karma. ITM, ITM to you. Thank you, sir. Can you give him a double karma for that? No. Uh, but he we... says no karma specifically. Never mind. Okay. Nick loves Boris in R- Riga, uh, 333.14. Uh, see email from Nick loves Boris, uh, blah, blah, blah. Did you John, Did you receive I, this? I didn't, I, I, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything uh, I'll either. take one look. I'll take a look. You take a look and I'll, because, you know, how many do we get from uh, Latvia? Not many. No, uh, high tech too. High and tech. also, he has what is this code thirty three fourteen? I'd love to. It's probably in the note. Meanwhile, Emily Harden is our first associate executive producer from Saint Helena, California. Uh, ITM, I Saint do- Helena, Saint Helena, California. ITM, I do believe I need a dedouche. You've been dedouched. Here in Napa Valley, we're in the middle of the wine grape harvest. John, while you were enjoying your typical mild summer temps in the Bay Area, we had nearly 10 days in a row of over 100-degree weather with temps reaching 118 degrees. John, love you, but your weather reports are about as useful as a red vote in this state. <laughs> the, la- <laughs> the, last thing we- useless. the last thing we expected was almost an inch of rain a week later. The rain stick is batting a thousand this year as it has brought us two unusual rain events. Thank you for the rain. 
But next time, please wait until after the grape harvest. Thanks for all you do. Love is lit from M- Emily. And I would like to point out that this is uh, when we utilize and operate our rain sticks, uh, we always do that in public, transparently, so everybody can see it. I do not like people tweeting when there's some kind of rainstorm. Oh, you guys are the rain stick again? Yeah, we do. It, it makes me never want to use. It makes me never want to use it again. This thing is a highly tuned precision instrument. We use it for good. Uh, but but, you, but when people are just thinking that everything that happens with weather is the rain stick, I, I don't want to do it anymore. How about you? I don't feel that way at all. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> okay, you're up. All right, onward with Cody, the black metal cowboy. And he's in Long Beach. He says, please refer to me as what name we did. No notes, no jingles, no karma. Thank you, cowboy. Gray Knight 30. Or Cody. Thank you, Cody, the black metal cowboy. I think the black metal guys are the ones. Didn't they uh, send me the the cool t-shirt and the vodka and the I think gin or something? I never got any vodka from anyone. I did get a couple of things. I don't know who. I, should, I still have the box. I should thank them. But I'm going to just thank them just for, uh, anonymously they sent some some glass works yes i'm getting one too that's from uh one of our producers in texas she makes yeah. glass works came in from texas and so i think it's uh, texasglassworks.com actually let me take a look texasglassworks.com i think so. plug i think so. so he sent a a bottle that could be used she, for vinegar she. oh it's a she oh mm-hmm. she does good work mm-hmm. uh it's it's, it's she sent a bottle that can be used for vinegar. Probably should be used for oil because you'll never clean this thing out. So oil might be easier to, to keep it clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also a giant, what looks like a giant beer glass. But the giant beer glass, Jay saw it and saw it immediately as a cool vase. Mm-hmm. Because the, the way the thing was, you could see where the flowers could stick in if you stick them in the top. So she took it. I, w- I wish but, you remember uh, what the, it's not. I wish you remember what the URL was. Well, when I get mine, she's sending, she's sending, because she wanted to make oh, something you special yours, for me. Yeah, I'll give her a plug. What else did you, I got some cool stuff. What else did you get? I got from Turtle Creek Winery, I got uh, two bottles of wine and a bottle of uh, olive oil. And uh, I've tried the olive oil. The wines, I have to say, when wines get shipped like that, they take months before they settle down. So you really, somebody ships you wine, you shouldn't open it right away. It's going to be skunky. Yeah, the so, olive oil's good. Yeah, so I didn't get any of that. I got the metal spirits. I got a metal spirit. I got a lot of books. Thank you for that. And someone gave me a revolver, uh, which... <laughs> Somebody uh, shipped you a revolver no, in the mail? No, it's not, a, not a, a, a revolver weapon, but it is a, it's a tube. I'd say it's about uh, five inches in diameter. And uh, you put in these pre-made cones... And then you put the weed in the top, and you start grinding, and then it pop, 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 pop. You can create uh, eight joints from the revolver. <laughs> it's, it's a completely useless thing, but it's a fun gift. That's hilarious. I can roll them behind my back faster than that. Oh, you don't use your vapor. No, for weed. I'm not talking about for, for cigarettes. I, no, I, I thought you vaped your weed. Now, only in the airplane. <laughs> All right, onward with Gray Knight 33, 23456. Yes. Uh, and he's in Canada, Canada. 
Sorry I missed putting this note in the donation window. Uh, anyway, boots on the ground report. Okay. Um, uh, the Mexico earthquake. She was, I guess he was there. She was one heck of a doozy. Could oh. feel the ground shake for at least a minute, and the pool was throwing water everywhere. Mm. That's got to be funny to see. That's weird. Take movies. No damage in my immediate area, but some hotels and other structures didn't fare so well. Anyway, no anyways, just sending some long overdue V4V. I know you like the sequential donation. Uh, so figure 23456 ought to do the trick. Just wish my Scandinavian dollarettes weren't so worthless. But then again, but then again, um, compare that to the Mexican peso. Thank you for your courage. <laughs> it's true. When I was in L.A., I had a pool. And there was not, not an earthquake like I think what happened in Mexico City. But it's weird when you see the water sloshing over the sides. It's a very odd, uh, odd thing to watch. Nathan Joseph Willenick, 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 I think, from Manchester, Willenick, yeah. Manchester, New Hampshire, 223 in the morning. We talked about butter in episode 1487. I figured I would donate and mention my palate of exceptionally delicious canned red feather butter from New Zealand that I have on hand for my customers for my two businesses, which is VoitechWeaponry.com, spelled W-O-J-T-E-K Weaponry.com, for gun parts, and save my yawning, save my awning.com for RV awning covers. You have your guns. How about your butter? Love the show. Definitely helps me stay sane. Bit of goat karma, please. Sincerely, uh, Nate and eight, uh, Voitech Weaponry. That's a really interesting, it's a very interesting uh, domain name. You've got karma. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. All right, next I'm looking for a note uh, from... I didn't uh, have anything. I looked for Kenneth Chapman. I didn't see anything. Chapman, let me see. Hold on. I'm almost there. Ken Chapman, donation note from... uh, Which should have been shipped off. Let's see what it says. When is it from? What's the date? Oh, oh, this is from... This is not... This is a follow... Oh, he's... Donated again. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I, this, I is just, the, this is the guy who I escaped canned with his this family. note because I thought it was just a follow up note we should know about. Oh, he says uh, this is the Canadian escapee who's got the big bus he's with his family. Around. Yeah, they escaped on yeah, two the whole thing. Since yeah. our visa status, aka freedom, is unfortunately tied to the success or failure of my business, I thought it would provide some quick. I thought I'd provide some quick clarification. I help contractors and policyholders get larger and more accurate payouts on property damage claims. Uh, The Vanguard ADJ, the Vanguard Adjuster is what it means, the VanguardADJ.com domain choice was the unfortunate byproduct of so much indecision. My wife wanted VADG.com. So Vanguard ADJ if you want to, if you got a adjustment claim, I guess he's your guy. Uh, the attention you gave my last letter really meant a lot to us. Okay. Yeah. Hey man, if if all if all falls apart, then you know just drive to Mexico and come back in. Make make <laughs> sure your make sure your shoes are clean and you and, and you have no luggage. You're good to go. Thank you very much, uh, Ken. Let's give him a little time. Him his family escaped. You've got karma. It's crazy when people escape Canada to come to America. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Dame Beth. That's the that's a first. Ah, 
not the last. Dame Beth, Baroness of Baja, Arizona, in Tucson, also a row of ducks, 222.22. She says, see soggy email. I looked. I saw an old one from two weeks ago. Have you seen any I guess something here from Thursday, September 22nd. Oh, okay. That would be reasonably new. No, it's a weather update, so that's the point. Again, this is one of these that got passed over because it was unclear what it was about. Heil, boys. Heil. Okay. Who knocked over the rain stick and sent the remnants of the Madeline this way? See, there it is again. Well, I did knock over the rain stick, as you recall. Yeah, but this is not in the last week. It's three days Uh, before deployment. It's a dry heat to a flash flood wash and nothing flat. This morning, the skies are clearing just in time for the slaves to gather at the Too Hot Tucson meetup in Canyon's Crown this evening. Thanks for the precipitation. And no jingles, no karma. No jingles, no karma. Thank you for your courage. Dame Beth, the Baroness of Baja. Oh. Okay. There you okay. go. Well, thank you very much. We had nothing to do with it. Then we have anonymous anonymous fourteen eighty eight again with a row of ducks two 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 dot two two from Switzerland, I think C H yeah yeah C H uh, is Switzerland Arau A A R A U Arau Switzerland dear John Adam since you complain about long notes for show fourteen eighty eight here's a selection of fourteen words to be read at your discretion, <laughs> preferably read by Adam in his horrible fake German accent oh that's what you want eh. We must reduce time by wasting annoying interruptive advertisement and promote value for value. Shut up, slave. We must secure the future of entertaining media destruction and the reduction of douchebags. Go podcasting. <laughs> Was I supposed to select one or just do all yeah, of these? You're supposed to select one, but there's a big list here. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, p- pick a few. We must secure the existence of no agenda and a future without any douchebags. Okay, I, I like it. Honk, honk, honk. All right. He wanted a <laughs> Rogan donation. We'll give that to him. Rogan donation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Switzerland. Thank you, Switzerland. Rich Ballard, syrup of the Green Mountains in Alberg, Vermont, 20202. This is my semi-annual birthday donation for several mem- members of the family. It's going to be a switcheroo. So this is a switcheroo again. I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, as I want to give this associate executive producership to my son, Justin. Okay. Whose birthday was on September 15th. So he's on the list, I hope. Okay. So happy birthday, Justin. And no more having douchebag spawn. <laughs> Can you also add my smoking hot wife or Robin? To the birthday list on September 17th and another son, Jesse, on October 6th. I could use... Got them all, yep. Some house renovation karma, ITM. ITM to you. You've got karma. And the show's over. (laughs) Caitlin Valeska, Atlanta, Georgia, 200.88. Hello, Adam and uh, John and Adam. I'm sending this associate producer donation for my husband, Trey... Trey V. Trey V. Uh, I was hoping I could play the... Oh, I'm hoping Adam could play the Warzone gunfire sound effects while reading the following note. I mean, why don't you just uh, give me the script and produce everything? And, uh, you know, it's like... Uh, it's so easy to do all these things. Okay, there you go. Hello, John and Adam ITM. I've been listening since my friend Stephen O hit me in the mouth back in 2015. And I would like to call him and the following people out as douchebags. 
Mr. and Mrs. Scout and Seal Celio. Thank you for a great show. I look forward to becoming a knight in the near future. You got it. Shape-shifting Jews and a goat scream. Sorry, I missed the shape-shifting Jews. Okay. Well, we'll give you a goat scream. Goat scream. There you go. <laughs> Got it for Something you. Something funny about that combination. <laughs> Dave Bozeman's up next in Wilmington, North Carolina, $200. Greetings. I was wondering if I could be kosher to promote my photo re- website. Uh, I lost my last two businesses last year. Uh, www.davebozeman.com. That's D-A-V-E, Bozeman, B-O-S-E-M-A-N. If it's not cool, just give me some Sharpton. I love you guys. Some Sharpton? Mm-kay. Wilmington, North Carolina. Did I say Delaware? I'm not sure. It's okay. We'll play it. He's getting lunch at Chipotle. The tortoise in the race. Kardashian, Siganoi Weaver, Rush, R-E-S-P-I-C-T. They're all jitty, R-E-S-P-I-C-T. There's no real conflict. Resist. We must. Resist. We must. We must. And we will much about that be committed. Okay. And that's our group of associate executive producers and the fabulous executive producers for show 1488, a nice number for the show, a nice number of people that helped us out here with these uh, particular donations. I want to thank each and every one of them. Very appreciative of it. And uh, this is uh, the grand experiment. We know you do it because you want us to stick around, but I hope we also are doing it for purely for the value that you get. We put a lot of work into this. A lot of producers put a lot of work into it, but here we are yet again. Receiving value, giving value. If you want to learn more about it, then all you have to do is go here. Vorak.org slash N-A. Remember that these executive and associate executive producers get a credit a forever credit it's always with you for eternity you are now an executive or an associate executive producer of the best podcast in the universe that is episode number 1488 we'll be thanking more people at the end uh who came in at 50 dollars and above <laughs> karma if you need it you've got karma formula is this we go out we hit people in the mouth so we have a few interesting clips here i want to do a little uh uh I don't know what the hell to call it without cussing, but let's start with the uh, with the Dr. Uh, Ellen Clayton. Oh, Vander- <laughs> yes. I figured you'd be all over this. Vanderbilt uh, Medical Center. 
is in Tennessee. That's where Vanderbilt is, and uh, just, they want uh, they want to operate on kids and everybody in between. Let's do it. If you are going to assert conscientious objection, you have to realize that that is problematic. You are doing something to another person, and you are not paying for the, the cost for your belief. I think that is a real. I mean, I think that's a real issue. So, um, so I think. You know, so you're, so yes, Vanderbilt, if someone has a conscientious objection to participating in this sort of surgery, it would probably have to accommodate you to the extent that you can find another person who can do your job who doesn't have an objection, other things of that nature. But I just want you to take home that saying that you're not going to do something because of your conscientious, because of your religious beliefs, is not without consequences, and and it should not be without consequences. And I just want to put that out there. We are given enormous. If you don't want to do this kind of work, don't work at Vanderbilt. So if you, if they tell you to cut somebody up, take out their sex organs and sterilize them when they're a kid. Too bad. Do it. Shut up. I'll be honest with you. This clip uh, has been played many places. Without subtitles, it's just incomprehensible. I'm sorry. No, no. I tried. You know, I did. I went through a de-echoing process. I couldn't fix it. So, so why I don't you... Up. I mean, was that that was your, your synopsis? The synopsis was accurate. Yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's accurate. Okay, so let's go to some other thing. They were doing this. They have this other operation... Uh, not an operation per se, but a, 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 an organization within the call. It's got this transgender safety group or something. This is it's a it's a it's like a clinic for transgender people, and they have uh, that's where you should go if you're thinking about being transgender, or if you are trans transgender, you go here. And this clip is it, this is an annoying part of it. I just I I think this is a more important clip if you listen to it. Vanderbilt. Uh, Medical. If you are going to assert conscientious objection, you have to no, no, no. Vanderbilt Medical. What, what no, am I doing wrong here? One oh nine. Hold on. Yeah, it's one oh nine. And they both one oh nine. I don't know. What's the other one again? You only. I only have one Vanderbilt. I'm sorry. I only have one Vanderbilt. Was it called something else? No, the other one I named it. I said Dr. Ellen yeah, Clayton. Dr. Okay. And the, it's I'll, 109. I'll play them both at the same time. Oh, oh, no, I did it again. You did it. You screwed You screwed up your own gag, man. And the gag was, it's like, <laughs> I feel like you. Uh, hey! Prisoner deal. Except Come older. On, he's got to be here. No. Ah. No, sorry. Ah. Oh, 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 Okay, well, I'll have to do this gag again next show. But it's not a gag. It's this operation they have running that's funny. I don't have it. Yeah, it's funny, but... It's not funny to me. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's actually appropriate. Um, You can still redeem yourself. You can still redeem yourself. I'm sure of it. I can. It's by going to TikTok. (laughs) Quick, TikTok to the rescue. (laughs) Okay. I have, I say, another duplicate... Pair here. This is the same clip. Oh no! Uh, this is this is a woman running for for um, for a school board named Ashley Bulmer, whose original name was Ashley Huey. Oh man, you did the same thing. Both of those clips are the same length too. Isn't that weird? Yeah. 
But anyway, play one of them because this is a, <laughs> another one of the glib women. Teachers need to be allowed to teach. I'm a parent, and I'm sorry to all you parents out there, but you do not get to say it in your child's teacher's lesson plans. I spent thousands of dollars on a degree and my educator's license, and I would be gosh darned if parents tried to tell me how to write my lesson plans that I literally went to school to learn how to write. You know, if a parent wants to have that much say in their kid's education, then you know what? You probably need to homeschool them. <laughs> you know, the... I am now starting to think none of these teachers are actual teachers. These just I people. I checked this one out. She's a real teacher. It's a real person. Uh huh. I have. I know where she lived. I know where all the places she came from. We know where you live. She, I know where she lives. I know where I have her at home address. You're creepy. In, Stop it. Don't say these in, things. Don't say in these town. Things. Well, you got, I got to. I have got, come to the conclusion that most of these people are actors, and so now Whoa, I'm checking. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Most and I'm in total agreement with this. Most of these, so that most of these people claiming to be teachers, I don't know if they're actors, but they they are not actually teachers. Is that what you are thinking? I'm concluding that with a good portion of them. I don't I know the percentage. I like it. I like so it. Now I think it's part of a giant psyop. To be honest about it, uh, let like, me guess. Let me guess. Who has? Okay, I have thoughts. Go ahead. Tell me what your PSYOP thoughts are. I love psychological Well, I'm not going to finish my other thoughts before. The PSYOP thing is still being fleshed out. I will write an essay on it. Oh, okay. But um, a lot of these people are too stereotypical to be real. And, you know, the hair and the nose ring and the whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. But this was, so now I'm checking these people out. That's why I know where she lives. Because uh, she's supposedly this, she's supposedly that. Yes. She's a teacher. So she's legit. So I can say she's legit. And she's, what, what she's did a she, little smugly, but she's not as bad as the other ones. What she does she look like? She doesn't have colored hair or anything. Exactly. So she doesn't really have all of the other hallmarks. She doesn't the- have the hallmarks. She has, except for the smugness and the, the snide looks that she throws at there. I mean, why, who'd vote for her? Except for the snide looks and the uh, smugness, she has none of the hallmarks. The hallmarks are always a nose ring. Always some weird haircut or and colored hair combination, uh, and the announcement that you're non-binary. Right. Those are the ones I think are sketchy. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you think that? I know we'll find out when you when you publish the essay. Do you think that this is a psychological operation from the United States, or do you think that yeah. it may be from China, who actually no, is no, no. accused of doing all this it's bad us. stuff? No. No. China's got get things about China's different. Now this is us trying to push back uh, some some trends. It's, this has been proved. They've done this. They've pulled this stunt before. I think it's. I think it's. If you look at it as a psyop, mm-hmm. you two things will happen. One, you'll start to see it as like, why are they doing this? You realize that it's not only a psyop to get us to think twice about this bull crap gender studies and non-binary and all the rest of it, but it turns out if you think of it that way, you'll see the humor in it. <laughs> it's well, extremely hilarious. And the best example is that woman woman guy, whatever it is, up north in Canada with the giant tits. Mimi and I talked about this again. She says that these... This, she found him finally online. Uh, Does eBay's. she have his home address? No, I don't have his home address. <laughs> I don't care to. Uh, I when I'm looking at home addresses, I want to know if he's some, a real teacher. 
Well, I believe this guy is, even though it's not that name. I don't know what his name is. That's the problem, so I can't do any background. Mm-hmm. But I just want to see if any of them lived in Langley, for example. Yes, yes. That was- <laughs> uh, just coincidentally. Well, the- And it's doable. There are there are tools you can use and you find out these things. And, and you know, no agenda goes to know. Uh, we, we, we go to the end of the right. earth so, to, so to the- educate people. And I want, to, I want to come back to this. So the thinking is that this is purely someone who thinks it's so ridiculous that he has decided to do this in his class to see if anyone will stop him, which obviously it's not. I also, I believe that, I do believe, I, I believe that it's possible that he's actually a spook or he's been hired or he's being given money to do this. Uh, it may be money. I mean, I think a lot of guys, I personally think there's a lot of men who don't like what's going on to the point where they, if they were, if you gave them money, because they're goofballs, mm-hmm. if you gave them money, they'd do something like this. This is a goofball thing, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's not normal. Um, it's what, just not and, normal. And, and any of this other stuff is? And by the way, I'm just to back up, I want to say what Mimi told me. She said she looked into these things, these massive, she says they're 25 pounds. They're forward-leaning. She says, this guy's got to have a bad back after he wears these things for more than a few hours. Yeah, it's a whole and, harness. And the nature of them will give him a huge rash. Because of the, uh, the nasty, uh, yeah. yeah. 450 so, bucks. So this is nothing trivial for him to do this. 450 bucks, not cheap. You know what he should do with that circle saw? He should just like do a whole, take it to the next level. It's like, <laughs> just chop off one of them. Just, just I mean, saw could, right off. There's something funny. This is... If we look at this as grand humor and we look at these phonies on TikTok as just humorous as as a joke, I think we could come out of this a little feeling a little better about life uh, <laughs> because it's designed to make you irked. That's what a psyop does. I mean, this psyop is designed to make you mad. Yeah. And uh, yeah. this has been pulled before. This was first, this kind of psyop was first pulled. Uh, and so we, I wanted to, I have to thank one of the producers for providing me with a lot of documentation. Uh, it was first pulled in the 60s, late 60s, when the new left was becoming a big thing. The mm. new left was a hot item. It was going to turn the country into a bunch of communists. <laughs> and uh, and the FBI was behind this one, and they set up a bunch of anarchy fronts. And these anarchist operations... Uh, were, you mean like Proud was, Boys and Stormfront? And, I think that would be, that would be uh-huh. modern, but the, back in the day, there's other names for these things. I, I, I have them all listed. But it, and it was done to screw up. It's one of those counter, counter, counterintelligence things where you set up a, a mirror image of what the movement is mm-hmm. right next door to it. Sure. And so you have Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter more. Yeah. And uh, right next to each other, one's a spook operation and one's the And the other one goes out of control. It goes off the rails. They make, you know, they make it, no, we want, we demand our own state. We want the state of Mississippi. I mean, just the crazy stuff starts to sneak in and to the point where it ruins the original movement, and That's which is the exact idea. And so this is what I think is going on with this gender stuff. Well, good. I want to uh, pair off from that using TikTok as the launching pad. Um, TikTok, always controversial. Uh, we've heard 
all of Silicon Valley. Wow, they're no good. Just Chinese influence. We got to get rid of them. Of course, they're eating everyone's lunch when it comes to advertising money. They've got the numbers. They've got the ad money. They've got all the songs. I mean, they've got complete capture of the zombified audience. There's nothing that meta Facebook and Instagram can do. Twitter is completely un- it's not even important anymore. Um, and we, you played the clip of the guy who was offered 400 bucks to do anti-Trump posts on TikTok from the Good Information Foundation. Yes. And I said, well, who is this Good Information Foundation? And we hadn't looked at it, but I did. Uh, the Good Information Foundation is, uh, has as chair Richard Engel. Do we know Richard, Richard Engel? Wait, Richard Engel, the NBC correspondent? Yep, the one and only. Who, who we've identified as a potentially uh, spook of some sort. Potential. Okay, potential. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Potential. Just because, <laughs> potential. Right. Well, and Richard Engel is an obvious member of the Council on Foreign Relations, and we have some yep. video of him bragging about how good he was when he worked with the Obama administration. But really, when he was just, I mean, throughout his entire career, I think this would be, uh, this would be him. Uh, again, he is the guy who was hired, allegedly, according to the people, familiar with his thinking was trying to hire TikTokers for 400 bucks to say Trump is a shit heel or whatever it was. Ooh, I said a boob heel. Um, here he is at Council of Foreign Relations. You'll be the last question, but I just want to weigh in on that for one second. So there's another word for master narratives. It's called history. <laughs> Basically, every country creates their own narrative story. And, and you know, my old job at the State Department was what people used to joke as the chief propagandist job. We haven't talked about propaganda. Propaganda, I'm not against propaganda. Every country does it, and they have to do it to their own population. And I don't necessarily think it's that awful. And this idea of a... Of a Is this the same Richard Engel? Yes! Yes! I, I'm only saying that because it doesn't quite sound like him. Oh, maybe it's Richard Stengel, close enough. Oh, that kind of blows my whole bit, doesn't it? Uh, we're one-to-one. Yeah, one-to-one. I'm going to play it again. Rich, well, who was Richard Stengel then? He was also a douchebag. Wait a minute. I was so happy about it being Engel. You're right. doesn't sound like Richard Stengel. Oh, oh, of course. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Richard Stengel. Yes. He was. Okay, a, play the epic fail clip, please. It wasn't as epic as yours. You'll be the last question, but I just want to weigh in on that for one second. So there's another word for master narratives. Yeah, he worked. I'm sorry. It's just as bad fellow with the Atlantic Council. He works in the Obama administration, of course. It's called history. But he is an on-air analyst at MSNBC, so might as well be the same guy. Basically, every country creates their own narrative story. And, and you know, my old job at the State Department was what people used to joke as the chief propagandist job. We haven't talked about propaganda. Propaganda, I'm not against propaganda. Every country does it. And they have to do it to their own population. And I don't necessarily think it's that awful. And this idea of a, of a, uh. <laughs> uh-huh. of a uh, cart- news cartel, I mean, I, I, I was editor of Time in 2012 uh, during that election. And I remember, you know, you're competing against cartels and everybody. I remember being on a panel with the then editor of 
the New York Times. Wait a he's saying he's competing against, oh, news cartels? Oh, and fine. I remember, remember. You know, you're competing against cartels and everybody. I remember being on a panel with the then editor of the New York Times who said, it's really hard to break through these days. This is the editor of the New York Times saying it's hard to break through. I almost, I wanted to jump off the platform. Like, what's it like for the rest of everybody? So, I mean, there, there's no, I mean, there are cartels, but cartels don't have hegemony like they used to. Yes, thank you, thank God. Yeah, right? So let's stay with TikTok for a second. Just to prove that that they are going to go down. They're doing everything they can to discredit this company. Again, it's, uh, what is it, uh, CCP. Yeah, remember? <laughs> the, uh, the, <laughs> China, you, you can't, oh, we got a cool note, actually, for one of our producers in China. You know, uh, the, uh, the, Senator, the senator was badgering the poor TikTok lady. Like, so you're, oh, it was Holly. So you're sure yeah, that Josh. no one at TikTok uh, is working for the CCP? No one with any strategic decision-making process. All right, so she just, she painted herself into the corner. Um, yeah. Our uh, our producer, uh, uh, Professor JJ there in uh, Shanghai says, there's no oh, yeah. way. What? Yeah, he's a good guy. He yeah. gives us a lot of good stuff. Says there's no way that everyone at TikTok does not know which employees are members of the CCP. Since August 2017, I've worked at four bilingual schools in China. They were either public schools or joint ventures, public-private partnerships. Each school had an office specifically designated for a representative of the CCP, who was also a school employee, often having the title of assistant principal. In my first first school, we had an intern, recent college graduate, who one day was smiling from ear to ear, telling everyone how she was notified she was being allowed to join the CCP. You see, you get selected to join. Being in the CCP is a coveted status and well-publicized, not yeah. a secret. Yeah. As far as I can tell, every, com- every company in China has a CCP liaison, if not top-level manager who was in the CCP. Of course, we all know that. And that was the point of Holly. But we still need to get rid of TikTok. So we, what can we do to discredit? What can we, uh, what can we do to discredit? Well, they even dragged in the FDA to <laughs> to do this since 2017. Mm, let me check. I think yeah, for five years, the TikTok craze that you'll hear the clip from has been in the news. It's been on the tonight show. There's been jokes made about it, but now Warning finally the FDA do not eat chicken cooked in NyQuil may seem obvious, but the warning is in response to a social media challenge. The agency says boiling the medication makes it more potent. This is total horse crap. This has been around now, forever. And now the FDA is warning. Come well, the, I don't know why this story has come to the fore, but it has. Here's our local news report on this. And what's to me, the reason I made this clip is because of the flabbergasted nature of the host, uh, the female uh, news anchor. She is just like beyond be, beside herself over this. And uh, this is the TikTok NyQuil challenge clip. Well, the FDA issuing a warning against what it is calling a dangerous TikTok challenge. The challenge involves cooking chicken in NyQuil or other similar over-the-counter cough and cold medicine. Why? 
Okay. Who knows? Uh, the FDA says that, that boiling these medications can make the solution much more concentrated. And inhaling the vapors could allow high amounts of the drug to enter the body and injure the lungs. The FDA releasing the warning after reports of teens being rushed to the emergency room after taking part in this challenge. Again, one that I clearly don't understand. TikTok and Procter & Gamble, uh, the maker of NyQuil, by the way, have not yet commented about this warning. Obviously dangerous. Also probably tastes terrible. Right. Why? I just don't understand the point. I don't either. All right. Okay. Yeah. But this is this is not new. It's now that it's new is the FDA saying. Yeah, no, it's it's a new story for, because of the FDA. But this just yesterday I got this clip. It's a new and, story. But, be- yeah. but to me, it's still the flabbergasted nature, which I don't get it. Why was anybody do one of these challenges? And uh, well, I would refer back to the clip about the woman uh, that said she would that if you were born ten years ago, you're eleven years old. Uh, now I think you're missing my point, or you don't care about my point. It could I don't know what one. your point is. My point is TikTok is being taken off the American uh, market. It's going to go away. No. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's it's going red to go book away. Prediction. It's. I've been saying this. They they want to. I know say, you have, and I've been ignoring it because I don't believe it's going to happen. And so you think that this 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 now this story is a story now. Because just magic? No, the FDA got involved, which they should have done five years ago, but they didn't because we didn't need to take away TikTok. The FDA will do whatever they're told. We play clip after clip. Hey, approve this vaccine. Okay. Yeah. So you think well, you, you don't you don't see the obvious Okay, so you think TikTok is going to keep going, and so you can't have it both ways. You're an investor in Facebook. You think Facebook is undervalued. They're the ones behind this. They want TikTok gone because they can't sure compete. They so, yeah. So I, which if one? I was Facebook, are you I would long, go for Are it. you long TikTok or are you long Facebook or both? I'm not long. I don't know. Is TikTok a stock? Yes. It's a publicly uh, listed company. A... No. Yes. Just no, I'm saying no to the fact that uh, first of all, I'm saying no that they're going to get taken out. Yes, of course, of course, Facebook would love TikTok to be gone because Facebook is somewhat lazy. Facebook, and I think I, I like the company because I think it's a, uh, I think it has long term potential if they get their heads out of their ass because they make money hand over fist. But they don't use it to buy anybody else out. I mean, Instagram, they did, that's the only, like the only major purchase that I can tell. And they, they could be buying up the Hearst Corporation. They could be buying the New York Times. They could be buying up all kinds of people. They got tons of money and they got great cash flow. And that's where the potential is for, for Facebook, uh, to take over all media. And uh, right now they're just worried about little guys like TikTok. I don't see it. I don't see TikTok going away. I don't see why it should go away. I don't see how they're going to make it go away. No, no. I, give me a date that's going to disappear. No, don't give me this bullshit. Trump had give a me shot a at date. it. And don't give me a after date. Trump, a after date. Trump, after Trump took his shot at TikTok and was banning it from the country, and, it, and he failed, that was it. Now I think it's used as a propaganda tool. In fact, the PSYOP that I'm talking about is run almost solely through TikTok. Exactly. So it's going to stick around the same way Twitter is. Okay. Excellent. I will say, and I, I, I'm going to have to rescind that. I, I think Byte, I thought ByteDance was, Byte was public. Maybe it's an ADR. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not going to look into it right now. 
I think TikTok will be shut down in the United States okay. by by uh, some congressional order or something that has to do, and it will be deemed dangerous for a number of reasons. And it could be very well that this is one intel agency shutting down the other's mechanism, just could to be. add just to add to it. But I see the numbers and Facebook, uh, Meta, uh, Twitter, not that important. Everyone's in trouble except maybe Snap. They have they have a little bit of life left in because they Snap do it. Snap is a, is a another good company to yeah. think about. No, I think Snap. I'm okay with Snap, but I I'm pretty sure the whole plan is to is to get rid of ByteDance or TikTok. It's ruining everything. <laughs> Stop ruining my clips. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In the morning. Uh, David Arneson is the first person we're going to thank for show show, show 1488. Uh, and he came in with $111.11, and he's in Plymouth, Minnesota. And he had a question for the show. Mm-hmm. How do you find links to clips? Huh. I've tried the links, but they don't get to the clips. What does he mean? What is links? an ISO, he asks. What does he mean links to clips? I'm not sure. I have no idea. Under ISO every, means isolation. Every, okay, every single show, there are you have all the clips, and then under show notes, you have all the stories and all the videos. People are so lazy. 11. Ian Field, a hundred bucks in Great Britain. James in Dazelle, South Carolina, a hundred. Sir Kevin McLaughlin, Duke of Luna, lover of American boobs, is right at the top there. Uh, Locust, North Carolina, eight oh eight. Sam Smock, Smock, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, sixty two thirty. There's about one person in the audience that will get that reference. Sir Don Francis of Chandler, uh, in Chandler, Arizona, 6006. Ryan Hendrickson, 6006 in Tulare, California. Uh, Christopher Jones in Paris, Texas, 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 5555. Sir Bradley Ledden in Fayetteville, Arkansas, 5510. Richard Boyles in Boulevard, New York. Um, from the boys at the shack. Uh, Forrest Martin 5005 and now we have the $50 donors we got to them pretty quickly uh, starting with uh, Sir Andrew Gusick and this will be name and location Greensboro, North Carolina 50 uh, Sir Patrick <coughs> Sir Patrick Maycomb in New York City Robert Hanna in Poway, California Christy Jones in DeMorest, Georgia Robert Kane in Mill Spring, North Carolina Rita Harrington in Sparks, Nevada how do you pronounce that name? Tishiana, Tishana. Let me see. I was doing other important stuff. Number 42. Oh, 42. Tatiana. Tatiana. Tatiana Pierce, Prince. Tatiana Prince in Hollywood, Florida. Christy Jones in Cumming, Georgia. Julian Robbins in Aptos, California. Michael... Janzek in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Daniel LeBoy in Bath, Michigan. And last but not least, Lawson Rink in Mineral Springs, <laughs> North one. Carolina. I want to thank all these folks for making show 1488 uh, a good show. 
and a, a lovely series of donations there. For those of you who have donated, you are living the new international lifestyle of value for value. Starting to write that up, valueforvalue.info. I'm doing that with uh, Gigi. Take a look at that if you want to learn a little bit more about what's behind it. It's not the book. The book we're still working on, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's going to be done right after the fact. I did get a note from the fact girl. Oh, the fact girl. She, and she's going to, the fact girl. And she's going to, uh, she says, we're, you know, she's going to have to talk to me so I can. So she says, I got to talk to you is what she said. So it's good Basically. news. The fat girl wants to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Consider producing for the next show. And of course, we thank everybody under $50 there for anonymity. And also one of our many sustaining donation programs. These are subscriptions. We have some fun ones you can participate in or make up one yourself. Go here. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Might as well hand out some goat karma for everybody. You've got <laughs> karma. Can never have too much of that. All right, Rich Ballard, sir, up of the Green Mountains. Happy birthday to his son, Justin, who's celebrating the 15th. His son, Jesse, for October 6th. And his smoking hot wife, Robin, who celebrated on the 17th. What a great family. Viscountess Kim Keeper of the Nutty Fluffers, 39 today. Serpent of the Finger Lakes, Jason Kiefer. Uh, he is 33 today. Raymond Garrison turns 33. Sir Nathan Lee celebrating his birthday. And finally, uh, Sir Casey. Happy birthday from everybody here at the Best Podcast in the universe. Now we have an interesting title change for today. Uh, this comes from Sir George of the Southern Carpathians, alerting us to the fact that on Sunday show, due to no doubt some unfortunate spreadsheet malfunction, instead of receiving what he was aiming for, which is a title change to Baron, he ended up being knighted for a second time. He says, I've only been listening to No Agenda for the past two and a half years. I don't know if there's any precedent for this. I don't think so. Uh, we have, I think, knighted people twice, but well. Not- so he would like to uh, immortalize this error by uh, receiving his baronhood, and he would like to be uh, crowned as Baron Sir, a uh, twice knighted Sir George, <laughs> which I think is yeah, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Of course, we uh, have no problem with that at all. Uh, and we do have some some knights to handle here. So let's get a, a knight there blade out I there. Got the, I got the bonus blade. Nice one. Uh, Joseph Setkowski and Matthew and James Casey, all of you, step right up here. You're about to receive some knightage for your support of the No Agenda Show in the amount of $1,000 or more. We appreciate that very much. So, Neil, as I pronounce the KV, Sir Mad Philosopher, Knight of the Wooden Doors, Sir Matthew, and Sir Casey, Knight of the Foothills. Gentlemen, for you, we've got Hookers and Blow, Rent Boys, and Chardonnay. And we also have some sushi, sake, and shiksas. Along with that, we got some ginger ale and gerbils, geishas and sake, rubenes, women and rosé, redheads and rice, pepperoni rolls and pale ales, uh, ginger ale and gerbils, and of course, mutton and mead. Ready for you, go over to noagendanation.com slash rings uh, and give us all your info so we can get the rings out to you, the right size, along with the wax, which you can seal your important correspondence <coughs> with. And of course, the certificate of authenticity. Thank you for participating a long game on the value for value and supporting your no agenda show. 
No exit strategy if we keep this up. No agenda. Today at four o'clock Tucson time. So that's we'll be kicking off in about an hour. Uh, Canyon Crown at Tucson, Arizona, the Two Hot Tucson Meetup. Tomorrow, Oregon Local Thirty Three celebrates Oktoberfest at Dick's Primal Burger in Portland. Uh, also on Friday, a farewell to Bryce. Six o'clock at Ted's House in Kent, Washington. You'll have to get to the NoAgendaMeetups.com to get more information. Also on Friday, Gateway to the Mo STL Venice Cafe, St. Louis, Missouri. On Saturday, Chattanooga Fear is Freedom Meetup. Also for Oktoberfest, 4 o'clock, RSVP, RSVP is required. It's at Tim's house, so make sure you get that in if you're intending on going. On Saturday, the Central Florida Beers with Buds on the Beach, 1 o'clock at Coconuts on the Beach in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And then on Sunday, next show day, the Local 1 Detroit Metro Meetup, 2 o'clock, Detroit Time, Red Dog Saloon in Milford, Michigan. First anniversary, uh, COA... Indie Monthly NA Tribal Meetup. That's uh, the oh No Agenda Celebration Area, Greenwood, Indiana. I'm not quite sure what all that is. Should check it out for sure. And uh, to, uh, finally, on let's see. Also on Sunday, we have the best meetup in East Texas, Piney Woods Chapter 433 at Rotolo's Pizza in Longview. And then on Monday, moving uh, right along in September, Escape Over the Border, Flee Chicago. 5 o'clock, South Side-ish, Irish Chicago time, Rock Island Public House, Blue Island, Illinois, and many more throughout the month of September and October. If you'd like to participate in one of these, go to noagendameetups.com. You could be sending in a report like this one. Hey, everybody. It's Leo Bravo. I'm at uh, No Agenda Meetup number 32. I'm going to pass the phone around. Folks have some words to say. This is J.D. Any Mouse. Out of the way, you swine. A podcaster's coming. Hey, it's Tim from Los Angeles, Land to the loonies in the morning. Brian, in the morning, fellas. In the morning, John and Adam. This is Sir Mean Joe. Hey, in the morning, Adam. This is John from the Bit Bitblock Boom Conference with the Resist We Much t-shirt on. In the morning. And I'd like to point out that you do not want to go to these meetups as a douchebag. And, and I've kind of figured out, I had so many reports come in where people, and I edit them out now. Someone says, oh, I'm a douchebag. You're not getting on the show. Ah, no. You good, sh- I, good policy. And I don't understand it. You know, I mean, I, now, if you're new, if you're new and like, I just got hit in the mouth, okay, that's different. But if you're just a douchebag, you go to the meetup and say, I'm a douchebag. How can you, and not for me, it's not for the show. Your donation may or may not matter, but how about the community you're in? That's what I would, it would be kind of weird, I think. At I least, agree with you 100%. It's a great policy. Okay. Noagendameetups.com. We really appreciate the producers who put all of these together. This is completely producer organized. It is a phenomenon. It is global. Noagendameetups.com. Always a party. Sometimes you want to go hang out with all the nights and days. I don't know if I have any good ISOs. Mm, what do yeah. you have? Do you have a good one? Do you have a good one? I don't, good? I don't know what good means. So let's go with, uh, oh, I have one. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. One ISO. Okay, here we go. Thank you. All right, that won't be hard to beat, but do I have the juice? I really believe that. Got that one. 
This may be my favorite. The pandemic is over. <laughs> Just to solidify it. That's yeah. the winner. Or... No. We already flip. did that one. No, no. This is not done. This is something else. Flip, flip, flip. flip, flip, flip. It's, a, it's, a, it's a homemade one. Pandemic is over. I think I agree. That's the... The uh, pandemic is over. That's the way to go. Yeah, boom. And he said it twice. And it's like, you're nuts, man. Joe, you're right, no I got, good. A, I got a, a clip. I, I got some clips we can carry over. No problem. But this one has to be played. Uh, and I like to... Because it's a discussable topic. Play the Ben Salman prisoner deal clip, which not, nobody's talking about this. I didn't see it on mainstream or anywhere. I did get it from NPR, so that's kind of mainstream, but this is the most baffling thing I've heard for a while. Two U.S. citizens who were captured by Russian forces while fighting in Ukraine are on their way home. The two Americans were among 10 foreign fighters released in a prisoner exchange. And Barrister Jason Bobian is more from Kharkiv. The two men from Alabama went missing in June while fighting alongside Ukrainian forces in eastern Ukraine. According to a statement released by their families, they are safely in the custody of the U.S. Embassy in Saudi Arabia. According to Saudi officials, their release was negotiated by Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. The Americans, who both served in the U.S. military, are believed to be the first two U.S. citizens captured in the conflict. A U.K. official confirms that five British nationals were part of the POW exchange, including one who had been sentenced to death by authorities in the Russian-backed separatist Donetsk People's Republic. So what is this all about, then? You tell me. What happened to Brittany Griner, and why is Ben Salman doing this? This is the show up Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Say, we can get it done. You, not only that, but they had a yeah. guy in death row. They had five <laughs> Brits and two Americans. Who, and the what? Russians. Hold my beer, Joe. The Russians who already said that if they catch any Americans, they're going to shoot them on the spot. So they get two Americans and then five Brits, including a guy on death row. Swap them out. That's, no problem. That's good. I'll give you points for that. I like that. I like that a lot. They're really going after talking about psyops and psychological operations. This is happening all over Europe. You know, you know. Please understand, Putin is losing. No one wants to fight. He has no soldiers. He has no bullets. He has no guns. (laughs) He's dying of cancer. He's already dead. Nothing is working. His insiders are trying to sabotage him. He's on the death watch. And now... And in another blow to Putin, a Russian pop icon is now speaking out against the war. Ala Pukacheva, seen here with Putin in 2014, posting on Instagram to her millions of followers that the invasion is making the lives of Russian citizens extremely difficult. One reporter describes Pukacheva as beloved as America's sweetheart Dolly Parton, as ubiquitous as Madonna, and as closely watched as a Kardashian. Hey, it's the trifecta! I mean, Putin might as well pack it up now. We've got wow. the we've got the Russians. <laughs> another the Russian, like what? The, well, it gets better. How evil are these Russians? They are very evil. They got no technology, but they're evil. Torture rooms used to torment and inflict pain on Ukrainian people. Uh, by the way, this the video of these torture rooms where there's Jamokes walking around in Ukraine, in Ukraine, with a like an FBI type you know vinyl jacket that says. War crime prosecutor. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got to see it. War crime prosecutor on the back of their jacket in Ukraine now, looking at these this, 
Yes. Hey, yes. no agenda yeah. shop. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Woo! Torture rooms used to torment and inflict pain on Ukrainian people have been found in the now liberated areas of Kharkiv. Ukraine's president says when Russian occupiers fled, they left their torture devices behind. Torture devices, John. Torture devices. What do you think the Russians have these days for torture devices? Well, I think, well, since they're so backward, let's I say an Iron Maiden would be one of them. You're not far off. Left their torture devices behind, like this telephone that delivers electric shocks. So they show, they show this, like a field phone. You know the one you yeah, crank? You grind. <laughs> and unfortunately, they have some dude that talking in the in Russian or Ukrainian, and he's just saying, yeah, man, they, they put me in this chair and they cranked that thing and shocked me. Come on. Even even Abu Ghraib had better bullcrap than this. Oh, yeah. It's the old field phone hooked up to your testicles trick. Please. Yeah. Please. That's, that's, <laughs> that's just, it's just not true. That's just psychological warfare. Let me see. There's one there, over here. There's one there, more, I think. I Russia is struggling to find new recruits. In video circulating online, a Vladimir Putin ally is seen offering Russian prisoners a pardon if they go to fight in Ukraine. But a senior U.S. defense official says many of the convicts have refused. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, you know, I'm listening to all these reports, and I turn on NHK, mm-hmm. which I don't have set up to record from. Mm-hmm. But I, I turn it on. But, you know, I'm watching sumo. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, tr- I watch it. And they, they have men on the street. They have some, some reporters on the streets in Moscow and elsewhere in Russia asking people on the street, what do you think? And it's a pretty normal report. It's like, yeah, well, you know, the, it's good that Putin's doing this, uh, the extra troops, because we, you know, have to protect our country. And it was like a bunch of that sort of normal talk. And one guy was a young guy, he's a Z type. He says, well, I don't like it. And I'm going to leave the country if they go into conscription. And it was all normal. The way the American reporters are is all that everyone's like, they're going to have a revolution in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bull crap. That's We're getting what... bull crap. Yeah, and when is he, I thought he was going to die. I'm still waiting for, for Putin to die from cancer. Yeah, yeah. You know, where's all that? Yeah, that's going to happen. Mm. So, well, we do our part. Yeah, it's just, it, it, I don't know. It, I wish we had, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing. There's nothing of any, any validity anywhere that we can hang our hat on and say, yeah, this might actually be true. Except, and even this. Well, did you hear the Space Force song? Uh, no, I know about it, though, and I haven't oh. heard it. Oh, man. And it was Okay, d- let's play out with the Space Force <laughs> song. It's only 36 seconds. 36 seconds. It's very short. It's, uh, it's just a, like a... And it was made by two cadets, I think. I was, you want to hear the story behind it or just the story itself? But the song well, tell itself. me the story about like, I'll take the whole thing. No, right. you, you, I like, I like I your attitude. I need it for my knowledge base. I like your attitude. We'll take the whole thing. Here's the explainer. First of all, we wanted a song that spoke to our guardians, that brought to life our motto, Semper Super, always above. I didn't know that their motto was Semper Super. Semper Super? It's super. Yeah, Semper Not super, it's Semper Super. And I, well, I got super, a text semper, from someone named Jamie Teachner. Jamie was a Nashville singer-songwriter and who decided he wanted to give back to his country and joined uh, the Air Force and joined the Air Force Band in Colorado Springs. And he supported us when we were Air Force Space Command. And he wrote this song. I put together things that from reading, you know, white papers and speaking with 
General Raymond and Chief Toberman. And so it was quite a long work in progress uh, for a while because I wanted to make sure that everything that was in the song would adequately represent all the capabilities that our Space Force uh, is involved with and make sure I, I can't take it. Uh, let's play it at the end of show. It's, it's so uninteresting. Okay, it's so uninteresting. We'll play it. We'll play it right after. Right it's after too we, much blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. And it's probably not true either. You know, they hired David <laughs> yeah, Foster. No, you, do you write these phony stories. You have yeah. to have a narrative. Yeah. It's two guys and the one, you know, they just wrote it together. It was beautiful. Like Ebony and Ivory, they did. Such good boys. Okay. There's a lot that is still on the table. Plenty of dead bodies to talk about on Sunday. I mean, it's really getting crazy. Get and, the compact posting going. That's, and the and the primetime purge. Man, they just keep on going. I think we have uh, one last one last primetime session to go. I'm super excited about how, once again, they'll prove that Trump should be in jail. End of show uh, mixes from uh, Neil Jones, Tom Starkweather, and uh, and the Space Force uh, jammers you heard there. Up next, we've got the higher side chats with, uh, oh, interview with my buddy, Texas Slim, the Beef Initiative and Food Intelligence. That's on noagendastream.com. Coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA region number six. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Sunday right here. Remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, adios, mofos, and such. If you turned on the television in Washington, D.C., and saw a mob of a thousand people storming down the hallways of the parliament, breaking down the doors, trying to overturn an outcome of election, and killing several police officers in the meantime, imagine. Imagine what you'd think. Think about what the world saw. Remember what we saw, what the world saw. Do you ever think the United States that would happen? What I find even more incredible is the defense of it. Cops attacked and assault, assaulted, speared with flagpole with flagpoles, sprayed with mace, stomped on, dragged, brutalized. Police lost their lives as a result of that day. Police lost their lives. One of the officers said. It was worse than anything he had experienced in war in Iraq. So let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends in Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. Don't tell me. Can't do it. For God's sake, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? 
pandemic is over. Uh, It's hospitalizations and cases, but before we get into that, it's always important to talk about where we are in the COVID story. It's been going on a very long time, about 28, 29 months. We have to be prepared for the next generation of vaccines and treatments. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. And we don't know what's lurking out here because we've done such a bad job vaccinating low and middle income countries. On on the front foot, on the front foot. Let's think about it. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. We've seen the last two years, terrible variants concern of them emerge. Yeah, Uh, it's the pandemic is over. Dvorak.org slash N-A The pandemic is over.